It's Ian here with you and Mark. And again, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. And so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, 800-259-9231. We are live from Porkfest 2008. Uh, last year, we were also doing the show live from Porkfest. And it was our very first time at Porkfest. And boy, was it a lot of fun. In fact, so much fun that we came out for three times the... Uh, the show. Yeah, you know, it's, it's high praise, right? We came out one, one, one day the last uh, time, and we're here for three nights this time. I, pretty soon we're just going to move up. So, uh, well, you, what, move up where? Here to Laconia. Oh, I don't know about that. It's bike, though, week, yeah, bike week every week in Laconia. Though it's a very beautiful area of New Hampshire. It really is. Uh, you know, one of the things I like the most about it is Tilton. This, it's kind of this little town off of the interstate, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's that big. I think maybe there's 12,000 people there, but one of the things I like the most about it is it's just capitalism in your face. Well, d- uh, down the main strip, it's yeah. uh, you, know, <laughs> you can rent the uh, inflatable uh, you know, lake toys and stuff, and all ki- just all kinds of different things. Well, I think the biggest indicator for me is that, or the, one of the big differences between it and where we live in, in Keene, New Hampshire, is in Keene, you can't find those animated signs. You oh, can't find them. The scrolling marquees. Not, but, it, but it's more than that now. Now it's like a computer graphic signage thing. It, sure. It used to be scrolling marquees, but they've moved on to where there's like a computer running the thing, and it's flashing graphics up. Okay. I just yes. think that's awesome and flashy, and it's, it's very it, cool. It, they're very good. They work. They, uh, they definitely attract my attention. Anyway, we're here at Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, to see what's going on. It's not too late. Uh, to get involved in uh, the activities here. In fact, the real bulk of the activity is going on probably this weekend on Friday and Saturday. And so it's not too late if you're in the uh, the New England area to come on up and hang out with literally hundreds of activists, hundreds of liberty-oriented people who are so friendly and such great folks. Uh, you're really going to meet some interesting people over this weekend. It, it, it you know they're just it's just a party out here right now and. Uh, I can't believe how many people are walking around openly carrying handguns. Well, Can you imagine? Nobody's been shot. It's amazing, isn't it, uh, that people that are armed are actually able to not kill one another at, a, at you know, the drop of a hat. This is what the, uh, the, the, the bedwetting liberals would have you believe, that if men and women were able to walk around with guns on their hips, that God knows there'd be gunfights in the street. But somehow we're able to pull it off. So we're here, and we're going to be here all the way through the end of Porkfest, probably leaving sometime on Sunday. Looking forward to meeting many of our listeners and, of course, talking to them as well. There is an open microphone here. We'll be inviting all kinds of uh, interesting people to come in, sit in. I know that we're going to have certainly uh, Rich Goldman, the organizer of Porcupine Freedom Festival, sitting in here. I do see Jason Sorens uh, sitting over there having some dinner at the moment. He's the founder of the Free State Project, the idea man behind all of this. So hopefully we'll be able to pull him over here. And I don't, really, I don't even know who else is around besides, I mean, I can see our listeners sitting out here uh, enjoying their dinner and, and their drinks. Oh, I'm sure we can line folks up. Don't it's, worry. It's uh, one of the few times a year that we actually have a live studio audience for the program. And I have to say, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. It's different. It's certainly not like doing it in the studio. No, nope, uh, but it is it is a good time, and so anybody that's around is certainly welcome to uh, to sit on in, join into the show. Of course, the phone lines are open as always, and you're welcome to to chime in via those at 800-259-9231. Uh, in the meantime, there is news, of course, to talk about today. Yeah, there's a big story. Today. Big story, uh, right? Yeah, a, a, a very big story from the uh, Supreme Court. They uh, 
it looks like they're you know that the uh, guys in Guantanamo are going to be able to uh, file suits and and that apparently they're real live human beings and and all that stuff. So I'm I'm really? a little surprised at what came out of uh, out of the uh, the king uh, the. the Supreme Court today. Well, now and then you do get a, you know, you do get an occasional decision that everybody who loves freedom can say, yeah, see, the system works. But then at the same time, what you aren't seeing is probably the hundred steps back that they took uh, elsewhere. Not necessarily the Supreme Court, but the government in general, as far as the size and the structure and the the invasiveness of the state. That doesn't go down. You know, the, the invasiveness of government has not decreased. What the Supreme Court has said was, well, what you've been doing, we're going to say no to that one thing. But then there's a hundred other things going on elsewhere that they aren't even ruling on. All right. Uh, Supreme, you look frustrated. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, having trouble with uh, computers here. Okay. Supreme Court rules on behalf of Guantanamo detainees. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court ruled Thursday Guantanamo deta- detainees can uh, challenge their detention in federal courts. In another legal blow to the George Bush's policies on the war and terrorism, I heard him his little quote. Uh, basically, he's like, "This is this. I I disagree strongly with this." Well, so what, George? Yeah, I don't care what you disagree. I disagree strongly with he'd the Constitution. Feel, he'd feel differently if his daughter were in Guantanamo. Yeah, I well, tell you, that. you know, freedom. <laughs> some people are just freer than others, I guess. The high court decided 5-4 in favor of the detainees granting them rights under the U.S. Constitution to challenge their status as unlawful enemy combatants that pose a risk to U.S. security if they're released. The laws and Constitution are designed to survive and remain in force in extraordinary extraordinary times. Even times after 9-11, the Constitution is still in effect. Can you believe it? Well, to some extent. Not really, though. (laughs) That's what the Supreme Court is It's a token gesture. It just barely, yeah. I, I would agree. It's it's a small thing, but so wait, for saying, those guys, it's a big deal. Can I see if I got this straight? They're saying that the the detainees can challenge their detention, correct, in a federal court, correct. So basically, what does that mean for them? Like, they get to go in and then what? I mean, say, hey, well, I shouldn't be here, and then it, they'll say, yes, it, you should. Right. Well, at, at the how very does that work? these guys are being held. This guy's is a, a terrorist. That's all they've got is somebody said he's a terrorist. Right. Are there any charges that have been filed against these people? I mean, isn't perhaps that only... they'll have to come up with a little bit of evidence in order to hold them for the next Maybe. seven years. I think I think the system as it is, I mean, is, is certainly asinine enough. But this sounds a little bizarre. When you're on the side of the road, when you get pulled over, and the cop says you can't leave, I'm checking your ID. We need to make sure you know run these numbers and blah blah blah. You're being detained. If you're not free to leave. You're being detained. If you're arrested, then you know you're going to be arrested. You're going, you know, you go in the cuffs, you go in the back of the cop car, you go down to the station, they charge you with something. Mm -hmm. So these guys haven't been arrested. They're just detained. They've been detained. And so unlike the rest of us, uh, you know, people here in America who when we're detained, normally 20 minutes Normally, 20 minutes later, they're going to let us go after they've run the numbers. Generally, yeah. Uh, But here, you have to challenge the detention. And I'm just wondering what that process is going to be like. Because, as I say, this sounds symbolic, but what's the reality like? What's the reality for someone rotting in Guantanamo right now? What can he do? I would imagine that uh, there's going to be charges. The the, the government's going to have to bring people up on charges relatively quickly. Probably they'll give them 30 days. So is that what they're saying, that you better charge these guys or release them? Because that's what they said with with Jose Padilla a a couple years ago. 
right? All right. Bush told the reporters in Rome that he disagreed with the court's decision and said his administration could seek new legislation to bring his detention policies into compliance. Uh, we'll abide by the court's decision. That doesn't mean I have to agree with it. Well, that's magnanimous of you, George. Uh, Bush said to a press conference with the Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, it's a uh, deeply divided court, and I strongly agree with those who dissented. We'll study this uh, opinion, and we'll do so, do so with this in mind to determine whether or not additional legislation might be appropriate. Sounds like he's going to uh, ram whatever it takes through, through Congress in order to get what he wants, but I don't know how successful he's going to be with that. Sure, he only has a few months left, right? The decision marked the third time the Supreme Court has ruled against Bush's administration policy for holding and trying detainees in, war on, in the war on terrorism and scored a victory for civil rights advocates who uh, charged the White House as denying detainees basic rights under the law. It scored a victory for everyone. I mean, you know, everybody's protected by this Constitution. I'm sorry. The, this was a victory for everyone. This isn't for civil rights av- advocates. That's a great point. Okay. The reason those protections are there is not to necessarily protect criminals, but to c- protect innocent people who are wrongfully accused. Right. Who cares what happens to criminals? What about the innocent people? Yeah. Um, today's ruling... People, of, the, people lose sight of that, don't they? Yeah. You they, know, as soon as somebody gets accused of a crime today... They must have done it. Uh, right. It gets touted out in the press, and they're, they're convicted already. So it's difficult enough to get past that. Today's ruling reaffirms the vision of our founders and helps restore the credibility of the United States as a leading advocate <laughs> and model for the rule of law across the globe. Oh, I don't know about you, but I don't think their credibility has increased one iota. This seems symbolic. I question how this is actually going to pan out. I know that it happened. Let's, let's wait and see exactly how many folks they're going to let out of there. And then as soon as that starts happening, then things will change. More coming up, and this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Control of the airwaves, toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. We are live on location at Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008. Brought to you by the Free State Project. And there's all kinds of people here in, uh, what is this pub called? There's a name for this pub. And I don't recall. It's the Gunstock Pub. It's, well, I, from what I understand, there's a couple pubs here at Gunstock. So we'll figure out exactly where it is we are. The powder keg. There we go. We're in the pub called the powder keg. Give it off sparks. So if you're wondering where we are so you can come uh, visit and uh, say hello and maybe sit in on the third microphone, uh, you're welcome to do so. Sort of the third mic serves as our our guest interview mic, but also uh, an opportunity for anybody who normally would be picking up the phone to call in who happens to be here at Gunstock uh, in Guilford, New Hampshire can actually sit in here on the show with us, so you're welcome to do that. Our number, 800-259-9231. Uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival has been going on all week long, and it will continue through the rest of the week. We will be here broadcasting live Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. So you know how Thursday. we've been talking about the SACL CAI fun tent here? I have yet to see the fun tent. Well, the fun tent is expansive, uh, at full, um, and it's right next door to my tent. That's pretty awesome. No. You won't have to stumble very far. No, no. No, it's not awesome. No? Why? What's... What's what's wrong with the that? The fun tent is going to be a lot of fun, right? Oh, you're, you can't get People sleep. People make noise when they're funny. And right, fun and you've got to be yeah. up early tomorrow. And, you know, yeah, it's going to be noisy. Oh, well, too bad. Yeah. 
Uh, go to Walmart and buy some earplugs. You didn't something. bring earplugs along? Yeah, no, you should definitely no, do that. That'll be helpful. <laughs> uh, so let, just a quick recap of some of the things we've missed, uh, Mark, since we just got here to Porkfest today. And as I said, I've yet to even see the SACL CAI Fun 10. Of course, this entire weekend uh, is brought to you by SACL CAI here on Free Talk Live. Uh, so I've yet to actually get out and about to experience uh, Porkfest because I've been busy setting the, the studio up here for the show. But... Some of the, the neat things have been going on, and I think this is probably the biggest porcupine festival ever. Uh, but so far this week, there have been hikes up, uh, I think, Gunstock Mountain. There's been bus tours to, to Manchester and uh, Keene and, and all over the state of New Hampshire where you can actually get on a bus with other freedom lovers and drive around and see the sights and learn the area. There was Apparently, there was an ice cream social we missed on Monday night. You know I don't like missing ice cream. Yeah, not that's uh, free. Tuesday, Tuesday. I don't know, maybe it wasn't free. Uh, but let's see, Tuesday we missed out on a shooting event. Uh, there was, again, more bus tours. Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report, RidleyReport.com, is here, and apparently he was doing some Ridleyography training on Tuesday. So a great opportunity Valuable to... stuff. Yeah, a great opportunity to hone your skills and learn from the experts, uh, or the expert in his case. He is a professional videographer by trade, and if you've ever been to RidleyReport.com, you know, he's pretty good at what he does, so you can learn a few uh, things from him. From, from what I understand, Dave is going to be doing more Ridleyography training throughout the week. So there's been all kinds of stuff, board game night. Uh, so during the week, the, fe- the festivities are, are certainly more social-focused, where mm-hmm. you're, you're hanging out with people and you're enjoying their company. And then when the weekend starts, Friday and Saturday, we're going to see more panel sessions and things like that. We can talk more about what's coming up here as, uh, as time goes on. Michael Hampton is sitting in with us from HomelandStupidity.us. Michael, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you guys? Just super. Good to have you out here. Uh, you look like you've been on the Appalachian Trail for a few months. <laughs> yeah, the hair is all coming out of my face, and uh, it's been a good time. So, uh, so you've been here at Porkfest all week long. What for you so far has been the, uh, you know, the top highlight? What has uh, been the most exciting, the most fun for you so far? The highlight, I think, has been the uh, Sakel CAI Fun Tend. And that was not here last year. So, to those who made it last year, they did not know. They don't know what this is all about. So, explain the Fun Tend for those, uh, certainly those who've never been here before at all. Okay. Well, Jason Osborne from uh, Sakel CAI, who. Uh, Sponsors the show and uh, sponsors a whole lot of other liberty-oriented uh, things, too. Um, he decided to rent two campsites, set up a humongous tent with a bunch of picnic tables in it, with a Nintendo Wii, uh, wow. boombox, uh, open bar with um, free beer, free well drinks. Good times. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's flowing out there, that's for sure. So you've been out there, you visited the fun tent. I've heard there's also an alternative fun tent as well, which is VIP only. I have no idea what that means. I don't know either. Apparently I'm not invited. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, Jason isn't skimping either. I mean, when I say well drinks, he's got tequila on on hand, and he's also got 1800. What is is that? uh, Jose Cuervo 1800. Better tequila. Oh, okay. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, so well is not particularly well. (laughs) So, uh, so that's pretty much like. Is, would you say that's the central location for uh, people socializing? It has definitely been the social hub here this year. Very cool. Coming up, of course, uh, all weekend long, interesting stuff going to be going on. Anything in particular you're looking forward to, Michael? You know, I uh, I have to check the schedule every day because there, there's a lot, especially especially Friday, Saturday, and uh, possibly even Sunday. There's so much going on. 
that I'm going to have to pick and choose hour by hour what I want to do. Really? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't even gotten that far in the uh, the little uh, list of events, the itinerary here. There's there's just so much to to look at. What you know, what we've already missed, and of course a lot more. Oh, look, we are even listed on the uh, the itinerary. That's special. All right, uh, 800-259-9231. So anything else you wanted to share, uh, reflections on your hike up the Appalachian Trail or whatever else might be on your mind? Well, you know, I, I did have a story about uh, running into a bear, but... Uh, really? Oh, yeah. We, we finally drove it off by whacking it in the head with a log. For I don't real? recommend this, but uh, you weren't it's packing right heat. at you. You weren't packing heat? You couldn't just take it out like that. No, I I wasn't packing heat. There's uh still a lot of uh a lot of the trail that runs through national parks and things like that. They don't like that very much. And they huh? they don't like firearms in national parks yet. Uh there is a proposed regulation change where uh firearms would be permitted in national parks. So uh by next year it might not be an issue anymore. Good to know. Of course, you would have been dead uh, from the bear, and the, the gun would have helped. Yeah. So their little rule about not wanting firearms, yeah, not really helpful. My, my 45 is just going to annoy the bear. Your 45 is just going to annoy the bear? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I, I don't have much experience with shooting at bears, but I guess it would depend. It would depend on where you hit him. Depend on the ammo, maybe, that you're using as well. All right, man. Good having you sitting in here, and enjoy the rest of Porcupine Freedom Festival. Michael. All right, you too. Michael Hampton from HomelandStupidity.us. Uh, great blog site with lots of good info, though probably not being updated as often as it normally is. Well, I did post a fresh video about Porkfest today, oh, so cool. uh, people can check that out and uh, see Jason cracking a joke or two. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to seeing Jason a little bit later. I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to drag him over here at some point this weekend. Does he actually leave the fun tent at any point? You know, I have not seen him farther than 20 feet away from the fun tent all week. All right, we'll have to send somebody out there at some point, see if we can wrangle him up and bring Jason Osborne in here from SACL CAI to comment on uh, his observations from Porkfest so far. As it continues on, uh, the union leader in New Hampshire did some reporting, I guess, on Porcupine Freedom Festival and talking about what's going on this week. And looking at the comments here and... According to Michael, everything's pretty positive. Uh, most of the responses to the fact that these invaders are coming into New Hampshire and bringing their liberty-minded selves with them and, and uh, essentially moving in, integrating into society, making friends. Well, this one's just about the party that's going on this weekend. And helping, uh, re- and helping reduce the role of government in people's lives, increasing liberty. People are uh, favorable towards that up here in New Hampshire, which is one of the reasons why New Hampshire was chosen as the state for the The governor welcomed us, after all. Well, 1-800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. You know, I should mention there is a brand new feature that we haven't even talked about yet on the air, Mark. There's a feature on the website that we haven't talked about? There's the promote page now. Promote page? Brand new. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. I'm doing that now. And it is a list of all in one place, all the things that you can do to help Free Talk Live out, to help us, for instance, get on more radio stations, to help our dig count, to People help People ask about this constantly, um, you know, what can I do, what can I do? And, you know, 
I guess this is a great idea to put it all on one page. Yep. What they can do. Easy to access. So go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn about I mean, everything from flyers to uh, printable flyers to what uh, all the different possible ways that you can easily help the show. Cool. You'll find them all there. Our number here, 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live on location here at Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008, uh, sitting here in the Powder Keg, which is the pub here at uh, the Gunstock Campground and Mountain. Uh, I guess, is this a resort? Is that technically what this is called, Gunstock Mountain Resort? I Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can actually, you can camp here, but there's no lodge or anything like that. Anyway, there's a lot of good stuff, to, uh, good, fun stuff to do here. Great opportunity to bring the family up and experience the beauty of the great state of New Hampshire and the wonderful people that are involved in the Free State Project. Now, of course, Mark, you and I are both Free State Project members. That's correct. And we are early movers, meaning that we've come here before the Free State Project has actually reached its lofty goal of uh, recruiting 20,000 liberty-oriented people to move to New Hampshire and then become activists for liberty once they get here. What we've seen so far is that there have been, I think, over 8,000 people recruited at this point, but only a a few hundred have actually made the move. We're expecting to see 1,000 activists in state by the end of this year. You know, I don't don't think I agree. I think that there's probably more than 1,000 activists in the state. I don't know that I've even signed up as a mover. You you have to have this password. It's it's a long, it's it's a relatively long process. I signed up four, three, four years ago, and I'm supposed to remember which email address I signed up with, what the password was for the account. You could speculate, but I'm going to use the official numbers just because... they're official. What if the what if the official number never gets above five thousand? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, There's no way to quantify it, Mark. I mean, it's total speculation as far as right. How many so is here. the official number. But we know for sure by the end of this year, a thousand people have pledged to be here. In but New they York. haven't. They did not pledge to actually uh, fill out the paperwork online That's so true. that you would know. That's true. All right. So uh, so Jason Sorens is with us. He is the founder. Uh, the idea man behind the Free State Project, and Jason, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's good to have you here. Get right in on that uh, that microphone, if you will, and that way we'll, we can all of our listeners can hear you well. Uh, so you're the founder of Free State Project. How did the idea come about? Well, it came about while I was uh, doing some research for my dissertation, actually, in political science, and I was studying secessionist movements around the world and uh, found that in most countries, governments are actually sending powers back to the local level, back to local uh, governments, back to regional governments. Of course, the trend in the U.S. has been the opposite. Powers have gone from the states to the federal government over the last 200 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if if the trend elsewhere is any indication... it's going to turn around here in the U.S. What, wouldn't, um, doesn't it make sense that power would, would naturally attempt to centralize simply because, well, um, if, if you're a centralized bureaucrat, you want more power, more money, more control, more everything, because that's what people want. Uh, wouldn't, doesn't it make sense that power would naturally centralize? Why is it um, running to regional governments elsewhere? I think they virtually have no choice. Um, there's, a, there's a tipping point. At, at some point... Uh, the government gets so centralized that it becomes so inefficient that it can't do the, the very things it needs to replicate itself. It can't, the government can't win elections because they can't provide even the basic uh, redistribution that they need to pay off their interest groups. So they've got to at least send some of this power back to local governments. Uh, another reason is that you get a lot of secessionist movements, autonomous movements in these countries uh, that want total independence. 
And what are you going to do when you're facing these movements? You could crush them, you could send in the military, you could kill them all, or you could try to compromise with them by uh, giving them some autonomy, some regional governments that could satisfy some of this demand uh, that, that people have. And people don't like, I don't think people like centralization. They, so, don't, like, they don't like D.C., they like power close to home. So, um, like, with, with Great Britain probably would be a good example. They were, they were certainly right. an empire in uh, the early part of the 1900s, uh, the 20th century. Now they, um, but they decided they have really been, like, set, you know, getting less and less centralized. I think about the Welsh. Those those right. people are very, uh, they're independent oriented. Um, you know, if you talk to a Welshman, they'll tell you, you know, that they invented the wheel and fire and everything. Like they're 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 fiercely. They believe that the the whole world actually uh, revolves around Wales, and. You know, they they would probably want their own independence, and I, I can see why, you know, the British government could do like they did with the IRA and try to fight them and that kind of thing, but uh, what good's it really going to do them? So they might as well give some control back, and I can, I can see some advantages to that. I don't know when, it's gonna, when or how it's going to happen here in the United States, because, you know, there's a lot of power to be had, but maybe, I, I don't know. Well, well I would say, can I speculate there for a moment? I don't think that it's going to... I don't think that eventually it's going to require the federal government to do anything. I mean, they're just going to fail to the point where the activists that are here in New Hampshire are going to eventually ignore them, and they'll become irrelevant, essentially giving power back by default. It's hard to fail if you have enough money to throw at it. I'm not saying that the money's spent efficiently. I'm just saying that if, you know, in the same way that a, a school can build, you know, some, uh, a county or a state, a state can build a school, well, they build it for three or four times what they should have built it for. But they can build it because they have enough money. Well, the federal government prints the money, and they've, you know, they've just got enough going. Yeah, that's true. And they're the world reserve currency. I don't know. I mean, it's... But they can only go so far with that, right? They can't, they can't just print unlimited amounts of money. They can't go the Zimbabwe route. It has to stop. I, I understand. Right. There, there, is a, there is a limit to that. And uh, so I, I, I think um, whether it's activists in New Hampshire starting to ignore the, the federal government or whether it's the federal government saying, you know what, we don't have the resources to deal with that uh, New Hampshire problem anymore. We're just going to let them do their own thing in a few of these areas and make them happy. Um, you know, it's a small state, and we can do what we want in the other 49 states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would make me happy. Absolutely. <laughs> Same here. So, so you created the Free State Project, a, a great idea, which isn't, wasn't really that original. I mean, as far as people moving for freedom, I mean, certainly that's what... Uh, the, the people that came here originally, they wanted more freedoms. That They left the, uh, the United Kingdom and they, they came here. Uh, but uh, th there have also even been libertarian movements before. I think there were some guys that tried to go to an island at one time, and the king of Tonga came over in a, a gunboat and uh, took them over or something like that. So, so how did you manage to sculpt the Free State Project so that it would be different from all that had come before? What was different this time? Well, we had a couple of principles going into this. We did not want to require people to make a large upfront financial investment in this because uh, we didn't want to be financial managers. We didn't want to run the risk of uh, someone committing fraud, someone stealing money, being any disputes about money, right? So we wanted to keep that out of it. We wanted it to be uh, something where people would make a commitment that they could do on their own initiative and get the benefit themselves. Uh, the second principle was we had to have some kind of rational method of choosing a location, our previous efforts, there, there have been some effort to get uh, a bunch of libertarians to move to Fort Collins, Colorado. Excellent. I yeah. love Fort, Fort Collins. It's beautiful this time of year. I mean, so it's like no reason at all, right? That's right. It's, okay. it's purely arbitrary. Uh, basically, a person saying, everybody come where I am. Uh, so we decided we're going to get a bunch of people together, and we're going to go through a list of criteria and choose a, a state 
that actually is pro-freedom, a place that has a low population, a place where we can really make a difference in the political system. Uh, and, and so those are the two ways we really wanted to, uh, to change uh, the way these things have been done before and put them on a more rational footing. You know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people uh, in the Free State Project who are thinking about the Free State Project, uh, you know, just in general say, you know, why New Hampshire, uh, Alaska, or uh, Wyoming, or Montana, or, you know, you pick your state, they would have been better somehow or some reason or some way. And, you know, I, you know, this is where the Free State Project is. It was picked for a lot of good reasons, and... So Why New here Hampshire? I am. Jason, if you can hang through for another segment, we'd love sure. to have you stay here. More with Jason Sorens, the founder, idea man behind the Free State Project. He's here with us, and you can get on the line as well. Perhaps you have a question for him. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live, live from Fest 2008. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, and that includes the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with thousands of our listeners, read over 350,000 posts. That's a lot to see. There's serious issues and fun stuff. You will find it all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We're sitting here with uh, Dr. Jason Sorens. He is uh, the founder of the Free State Project. He originally came up with the idea while, uh, while doing research on secessionist movements from around the world and looking at them and looking at either what made them successful or not so much. And then he put together this wonderful idea that, in a nutshell, is uh, inviting liberty-loving people, people that understand the ideas of freedom, that understand that in order to be free, you have to allow your neighbors to be free as well, people that understand that to move to the same place, and that place was chosen uh, by the members of the Free State Project to be New Hampshire. It was out of a possibility of ten different states. New Hampshire won, and pretty solidly. I think Wyoming was in second place. They did pretty decent, but New Hampshire kicked butt. Uh, why do you think, Jason, that was? What's your speculation? Well, the overriding criterion here is access to the political system. Right? Without that, then the, the whole Free State Project idea really doesn't work. And that's the reason we narrowed it down to ten low-population states. But I think that's also the reason why New Hampshire won out over the other nine. Uh, Wyoming was second. New Hampshire beat at 55 to 45 percent in the head-to-head comparison. <clears throat> so it was a, a pretty convincing victory. And right. I think there, before, you, before you go on, can you imagine being a libertarian? And I've met them. Right. Libertarian in New York City. Right. I mean, yeah, there's just, just nothing you're ever going to do against the monolith of the third largest government in the world um, in New York City. And it's just, there's nothing that's ever going to be done. You're not going to be able to pare that down. And everything's, you know, inefficient and arduous because the unions are so thoroughly entrenched with the government. You can't even get repairs done in your apartment. It, it's just crap. So, you know, as a libertarian, you look at this, how the government's ruining everything. And you know, how frustrating it is, and you'll never be able to do anything. So, yeah, I think access to the, the political system like they have here in New Hampshire is, is really a big deal. Right. Let's be honest. If you're a freedom lover in, in New York or even a, a slightly better state like Virginia or Texas, your vote doesn't count. Your activism doesn't count. You're not going to be able to make a difference at the state level. That's how I felt when I lived down in Florida. And there were other libertarians around, just not very many, I could and make they a, were ineffective. We couldn't make a difference at the city level. No. Nothing. Right. No one even tried either. 
I mean, they ran state candidacies and went down in flames and uh, poured a bunch of money into some stupid nonsense. And there was that uh, that, that uh, billboard we had at the That's bus stop. Stupid nonsense. Yeah, they spent $400 a month on a billboard at, at a one <laughs> bus stop. That was activism for liberty in Florida. Yeah. So bringing the activists here, what, from what we've seen so far, and I think you could probably comment on this, is that you originally came up with the idea to have 20,000 activists. And when you, you thought of the word activist, you weren't thinking what you ended up getting. You got what I think the word you used was super activist. How did that, how did that happen? Why, why did we get the super activists? It's because of the, the commitment involved in moving. If you move to New Hampshire, you're not just going to be content giving your $25 uh, to a candidate now and then. You actually want to run for election, or you want to hold signs, you want to be out there um, on election day, or you want to do non-political activism. Um, you know, it, it's a big commitment, yes, but there are also big rewards. And I think the people who have chosen to come here are super activists. They're, they're beyond what I expected when I wrote that article um, the average activist I was thinking of was, say, your average Libertarian Party member, someone who, who pays dues but otherwise isn't, isn't very active. Um, but given that we have uh, far more active people here in New Hampshire, I think the number that we need is far less, actually, than 20,000. What would you say that number Any is? speculation on that number? I would say if we had 2,000 really good activists at the level that we have here at, uh, right now in New Hampshire, uh, the state is our oyster, so to speak. So, so anything, how long, how long with, with 2,000, what are you, just, I, I understand you did this project, and it doesn't make you God, and it doesn't make you no. a, a swami. I mean, you're just making guesses here. But with 2,000 activists, what, what's your expectation to see happen to the government? I mean, you know, like atrophy? Well, right now, we have uh, several hundred people who've moved. It's hard to, to make an exact estimate. But our estimate is that about 10% of the people who've moved have actually run for office so far, and a large percentage of them have gotten elected. Uh, so if we had, it's amazing. That's right. There's Free State Project members elect in elected offices here in New, in New Hampshire after just a handful of years and only a couple hundred people moving yep. in. Right. That doesn't even count the Liberty lovers who were in New Hampshire in the first place who are winning elections. And those State people are, are are active. They're they're getting energized just by the people coming into the state. Yeah, right. We've seen oh, over in the Keene area some of the best activists that we have out there are New Hampshire natives that have been energized by the influx of activists from the Free State Project. They've essentially given them the jolt and said, hey, this is still, you know, freedom is still on the table here, and these Free State Project people are coming in to back you guys up. Uh, the people that started up Copwatch in Keene, New Hampshire natives, even though the Keene Sentinel article did not mention that. Uh, they made it sound like it was a Free State Project thing. But uh, they started Copwatch, the Free Minds TV guys, Toby and Nick, both New Hampshire natives. I mean, some of the best activists have essentially been activated by the Free State Project, which is really a, a nice benefit, a nice perk to all this. Right, so if even just 10% of 2,000 people ran for office and got elected, that, that would be enough to basically control the state house right there, just with free staters. Wow. You know, D Dennis Goddard, who's uh, the uh, chairman of the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, maybe... He's up there somewhere. Yeah, right? somewhere there. He's the big kahuna there. He says that uh, basically... A, couple few dozen two or three dozen people in the state house would make a voting block big enough to make a difference is on every single bill and essentially block the big government bills that they happen here in this state too right. um that's block the big government bills and to give a boost to the small government bills because they we have you know nutty libertarians in our uh state house it's real even before the the free state project was here they you know the the constitution in new hampshire is the only one that protects the right to revolution it's a Kind of a unique state. I have to give props to the NHLA because there have been a lot of bills that have 
bad bills, really bad bills that have come out the last couple of years. We have a unified democratic government. And really, when you think about it, there have been some minor defeats, but they have really killed off a lot of bad stuff. It's, it's really amazing. And at this point, you wouldn't even, the Free State Project isn't even really, you know, kicked into gear yet. Yeah, and they've really, uh, the, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is what you're talking about. Yeah. NHLiberty.org is their website. Now, I'm sure we'll be able to drag Dennis over here at some point. I haven't seen him yet, though. Uh, and so they've, they've set up this wonderful organization that has only been around for two or three years at this point and becomes more and more effective as more people begin to get involved with it. Uh, I think last year, didn't he say that last year was the first year that they'd actually read every single piece of legislation that was coming through the, uh, the House of Representatives and, and decided it, if this is a good piece of legislation as far as liberty is concerned? He made some kind piece. of statement on a superlative like that, but I can't tell you exactly what it was. It I mean, was something that would not have been possible with you know a handful of activists. They needed a hundred volunteers to handle this, and they have that already. What's that going to mean? What's going to happen five years from now when the, the activist pool is who knows how much larger than it is today? I don't it's know. A, they're they're, they're passing out those gold, the, the gold sheets, which uh, give another innovation. Yeah, that tell the legislators, here's how to get A's from the NHLA. Right. <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know, legislators want A's. Well, and they've got people in both parties, and I think that's important. It's a nonpartisan organization, so they can talk to both sides. Uh, they can get things done no matter who's in power. Yeah, I would totally agree. All right, so the Free State Project, it is still on the way, still trying to bring as many people on board here to get them signed up. One of the critical changes that's happened recently to the Free State Project has been the customizable uh, sign-up, the statement of intent. How has that uh, affected sign-ups at all, if it, if it has affected sign-ups so far, Jason? Do you know? Well, I don't have direct access to the numbers. I, uh, I, I do know that... Uh, at least a couple hundred people have done that so far. Oh, great. And I would encourage people who've already signed up for the FSP but haven't moved uh, to go in and opt for a flexible trigger. You can do that. You can log into the website with your user ID and make a new commitment, an additional commitment that you'll move if such and such happens. Like uh, if, if John McCain uh, or John Barack McCain Obama gets elected. Yeah, yeah right. Well, one thing I could be, you could be sure of, that one of those jerks is going to get elected. Right. And it's <laughs> not going to be good for your and my liberty in the process. Well, it seems as if the choices get worse every four years. Yeah, I don't see that way. So just think about it. In 2012, what are our choices going to That's be like? Right. I mean, if, there are, if it's Obama and McCain are our choices now, how much worse could it possibly be? I have been looking at, at the numbers as far as the sign-ups go. And since the Ron Paul campaign really got going, I think it was October, November-ish, then the numbers have been up, and, and mm-hmm. they've pretty much they've stayed above where they were before that. So the, the Ron Paul campaign has really given the Free State Project a kick of the pants. And well, I I've met a lot of people here who uh, have come to, to Porkfest and who've gotten involved in the Free State Project because of the Ron Paul campaign. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have seen sign-up numbers grow. We've seen numbers of movers grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the moving rate has picked up. Yeah. I think that's due to the first 1,000. It's, it's an amazing movement. We're, uh, we're honored to be a part of it, and it's making a huge difference here in New Hampshire. For those of you who love liberty and want to see it happen in your lifetime, this really is the only option on the table. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Go to porkfest.com to learn more, uh, learn more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And Jason Sorens from the Free State Project, thank you for joining us. Thanks, it was great. More coming up. Hour two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And we are live from Fort Festival. The Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008 brought to you by the Free State Project and SACL CAI. The number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. The show is running generally as it normally does, in that we will uh, still take your calls about anything. Uh, Of course, we will be having interesting people sitting in here all night long telling us their observations from what has happened so far this week at Porcupine Freedom Festival. I understand we're going to have people telling us about their encounter with the police here in a bit. But first, we need to go to these phone calls. They've been stacking up since the last hour. Let's go first to Aaron in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Hey, Aaron, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, yeah, it's Aaron, your neighborhood Jew. I talked to you guys a while back. Um, I uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about it earlier or mentioned it, because I, you know, I don't listen to you guys everywhere. I listen to you guys on podcasts. But Ron Paul supposedly today is officially ending his campaign. He's officially ending Is his campaign. Right? I heard that there was going to be some video. I didn't know what uh, what was going to be on that video. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's live, uh, live tonight at 8 p.m. Live tonight at 8 p.m. I believe so. I, ju- I just saw it online maybe like five minutes before I decided to call you guys. Yes, um, uh, RonPaul2008.com. According to uh, I'm sorry. According to LewRockwell.com, uh, tonight at a rally adjacent to the Texas State Republican Convention in Houston, Ron will thank all his donors and volunteers and announced he is closing down his presidential campaign and is no longer a candidate for president. So you are correct. And how unfortunate. I thought he was going to stay in. Uh, as I understood it, he had millions of dollars in the bank, and uh, this is pretty sad. How do you feel about it? I'm a little bummed about it. I really thought he was going to stick with it the whole way through. But, I mean, at this point, it's almost a losing battle. Um, I mean, yeah. he's, he's definitely not giving up, which is good. He's just giving up the run for the presidency. And, you know, hopefully four years he'll shoot for it again, and maybe, you know, the country will actually be ready for it then. Maybe so. Well, I hope that probably in four years maybe Rand Paul will uh, will run. And I hopefully hopefully he'll get the uh, the same kind of welcome that his, his dad did. But uh, Rand Paul's going to be over 75 in four years. Uh, you know, old people. I mean, well, that's what the presidency is for, though. It's for, you know, the old people. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think I think he possibly will run again. Maybe and we'll see. Only know. only time will tell. Appreciate you bringing that up tonight, and uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate Thanks, hearing sir. from you. Let's talk to Richard in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Richard. Richard in Maryland, going once. Richard here. in Maryland. Hello. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, what's what's on your mind tonight, sir? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I hear you guys talking about the CPS quite a bit, so Child Protective Services. Yeah, and they've I been stealing a, a lot of children myself. Okay, uh, go ahead. Recently, about a year ago, I installed one of those invisible fences. Okay, for the dogs, you mean? on the dogs or whatever. Yeah. But I sure. had an idea to put it on the kid. 
You know, oh, I have two kids, idea. and, you know, they run around and stuff, and I don't want them to go in the street. So well, I put it's supposed it on to the be kids. safe. What's that? It's supposed to be humane, so it yeah. seems like a reasonable well, idea. Yeah, how'd that go? I guess it's not humane, and uh, eventually what happened was, as they were going to school and stuff, there was, like, burns on their neck. Uh-oh. And uh, CPS came and took the kids away. So how many times did you uh, let them out in the yard with the uh, shock collar on their neck? Uh, well, pretty much when they would go outside to play type thing, because I didn't want them to run in the street and stuff because it's dangerous, you know. So I just kind of used that idea and, you know, ran with it. I didn't think it was hurting them when they would actually go towards the road and, you know. So did they keep on running towards the road over and over again when they had the shot collar on? And why didn't they take it off? Sometimes they would um, a little bit. I kind of had it going zigzag. In the thing or whatever, so <laughs> just Are you to confuse real? them, just to confuse the kids. You don't want to. You don't want them getting used to one particular spot, Come on, right? Man, <laughs> no, no, it was nothing like that. It was just I originally had put it in for the dogs. So were you trying to confuse the dog? I mean, why wouldn't you put it in a straight line so that you would know where it was? Well, that's just how my yard set up. Okay. So, you know, it was just you know, but I guess eventually what happened is one of the teachers reported it and. uh you know, went through, and, you know, there was burns on their neck, and they came, you know, they came and got the kids, and I haven't seen them in probably about three months. So so they're just, uh, they're not allowing you to see the children at all? Right. They took them out of my custody. I guess they're in some sort of foster care. What about their mother? like that. But what I just... The ch- children's mother. The mother. What's that? Mother. Yeah, the mother The mother lives with me as well. And, uh, you know, she she can't see him either because it was kind of a joint thing. We both kind of came up with the idea. Well, I so. think that uh, it's certainly an interesting method of parenting. I don't know if uh, if many parents would agree with it, uh, but I think that parents should be uh, should be able to make mistakes like this. I don't think you had the intention to to harm your children. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound like that to me, at least. So I, I certainly think that they should have stayed in in your care. Right, uh, at the same I, time. you know, I just wanted to do it, you know, kind of keep them in line and train them. You know, you figure if it works for the dog, it works for you know the kid because you hey, know dogs are like, dogs are seems a, man's a good best logic friend. to me. Uh, but so, how old are these kids you're talking about? Well, one was six, and the other one was four. All right, and so the, it goes back to the question that, that Mark was, asked. Mark asked a good question earlier, and he didn't answer it. I don't think you heard him. Uh, the question, Richard, is why didn't your kids just take the uh, take the necklace off why didn't they take the collar off the shot yeah. collar well i i don't i don't know why they didn't take it off i mean it was pretty well secured on there i kind of put like a like, like i kind of like binded it together when i would put them on it and then i'd have to like kind of like cut it off when i would take it off so it wasn't something yeah. they could cut it real Oh. Is this guy for real? No, there's no way. There's no way that you really. That's an amazing story. Great crank call. He, yeah, he's, it's awesome. Yeah, it was I mean, a really, 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 good one. really, really, really sounds convincing. Yeah, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Though, though, I do believe that I love. Somebody, I love the way you were coming out and defending the guy who was using shock color in his kids. That's it what seems I like. Like a creative solution. I mean, the, <laughs> I suppose the package, the package I, says that it says that it's safe. Right? It says that it's not going to hurt your dog. It's probably safer than shooting at them, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah, so thanks for the call. <laughs> that guy never broke, not once. No, he was good. Hopefully we'll hear from him again sometime. Let's go to Troy in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Troy. Hey, how's it going? Troy, what's on your mind? Well, um, it's a little backed up now that I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do yeah. with that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, anyways, um, yeah, I also run uh, Midwest911Truth.com. And um, I was just calling in because I was a little concerned about it on Tuesday evening on the Michael Reagan show, which is uh, Reagan's son. Yeah, he had, uh, he had brought up on his show on the live feed and everything else about the fact that uh, Mark Dice and his new book and um, people, 9-11 truthers, anyone out there like uh, discussing 9-11 whatsoever, uh, should be shot in the back of the head and that quote-unquote, that he will pay for the bullets. And yeah, um, I've, I've heard this from the Republican side, that sort of um, anybody who might question, you know, what happened as far as 9-11, and I don't know and I don't claim to know what happened on sure. 9-11, but, uh, you know, anybody who might question what the government's story is is a bad American. They're, they're a bad, it's bad treason. person. They're, they're as bad as, you know, and I've heard them lump them in with this Soros character that, that appears to be the big boogeyman uh, on the Democrat side. And I, I don't, you know, I don't get it. I mean, even if if you have the, the the strangest ideas, it doesn't mean that you you're a bad American. It just means that well, you've got some questions. Well, I think it speaks to right. the sort of mindless nationalistic mentality that many Americans have uh, appropriated for themselves. Uh, who would have at one time called themselves conservatives? Now it's you know it's our way or the highway. And in this case, if they're not if you're not on board with them, uh, apparently you deserve a bullet in the head. And I think it's it really shows what kind of people we're dealing with here. I mean, these are some sick efforts. And uh, I feel awful for you really in that case. Scary. Yeah, I feel awful for you. I mean, normally I don't jump to the defense of the truthers, but uh, in this particular case, you certainly deserve it. I just, you know, the thing I don't understand about the whole 9-11 truth thing is why you guys keep uh, just beating it over the head. I mean, it's over. It's done with. Let's move ahead. Let's advance liberty. Let's talk it's about still freedom. selling books. Yeah, I no, understand that. Like... It's still selling uh, radio shows, and I thank you for the call, Troy. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's just a waste of time as far as I'm concerned, the, the whole conspiracy theory thing. Uh, let's talk about liberty and freedom and help spread those ideas. I believe in conspiracy theories, just not all of them. Instead of conspiracy theories, let's spread liberty instead of conspiracy theories. It's much more powerful. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, and they include the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Jason Osborne is the man over there, and uh, SACL does collections. They do early out billing, charged off receivables, and a whole lot more. They do a great job at it, and they treat your customers with respect. You can go to freetalklive.com and see the SACL banner right there at the top right of the website. And, of course, we'll catch up with Jason Osborne, I'm sure, at some point over the next few days as we are broadcasting live tonight from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008. It's the Free State Project's yearly event going on here in uh, lovely Guilford, New Hampshire, at the Gunstock Campground and uh, Ski Fest, 
Resort place. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure what, they what call it's this called, place. but uh, Gunstock is what we. Yeah. You know, everyone knows it as Gunstock if they're in the area. We're sitting in the Powder Keg Pub, surrounded by, I would say, at least a couple dozen of our listeners who are enjoying uh, libations yep. and uh, one another's company. Lots of chatter going on in the background, which you can likely hear. I've already heard a few woos uh, so far. Well, people are having a good time. Yeah, if people hear you on the radio, they got to go woo. So we're here. Uh, there are a lot of activists around. This is, of course, the Free State Project, which is a project involving thousands of liberty-loving activists all converging into one place, and that place is the state of New Hampshire. And we've seen hundreds of people move in so far. We're expecting hundreds more by the end of this year. Uh, two of those uh, movers that are going to be early movers, I believe, are here sitting with us today, both uh, listeners, amplifiers of the program. Uh, Neil is here with us, and Alex as well. Both uh, normally, You're currently in Florida. As far as where you live, let me turn your microphone on. Shame on me. Let's try that now. Go ahead. That's correct. We uh, both go to the University of Florida in Gainesville. Excellent. And uh, you are here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It is not your first one. No, it's in fact my fifth pilgrimage to the free state of New Hampshire. You've got to be getting ready. I mean, you've got to make the move soon, right? It's got to be just grating at you that you aren't here yet, right? It is. It is. Uh, by the next one, I should have moved. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Very cool. So you're, this is your last year in Florida? At last year in Florida. Okay. This is my first. You got to get right. You got if you're going to share a mic, you got to really switch off and get right up on it there. Yeah, this is my first pork fest, and I really like it. There's a lot of good people here, a lot of liberty lovers, and it's it's good to be around people that uh, think the same way. So, what year are you at UF? Um, this is my last year. I'll Just be. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. All right. So something happened to you guys. One of the reasons why you're sitting here is that uh, over the past few days, as you've been out and about scouting out the state of New Hampshire. Uh, you apparently were in Manchester at one point, and open carrying, as you are right now, Neil, I can see you're open carrying a firearm. Uh, what happened to you guys? Well, uh, both last year and this year, I've open carried, as you said. And uh, last year, I didn't have any incident. Uh, and it's a right that we have here in New Hampshire. It and is. you've got to exercise it, otherwise rights go away. Yes, it's a guaranteed right. And so we're here exercising it. Um, I hope to have to never use you know, my uh, firearm. But I have it, just in case. And uh, so uh, my friend and I, Alex, were uh, walking down uh, one of the uh, avenues in Manchester, and we heard a whistle behind us. It was a cop who, his immediate words were, put your hands in the air. Cop, hold on, the cops have whistles still? Yeah. <laughs> was it a whistle or did he use his mouth? Uh, he know. used his mouth. Oh, okay, I thought we were talking about the... Uh, I, Guy with a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> like a constable, huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so here we are in the middle of a, a residential neighborhood. Uh, there are four of us there. Two of us were open carrying. And uh, we have our arms in the air and people walking their dogs and, uh, yeah. you know, pushing their strollers and stuff. Hanging out, the, uh, hanging out the window, just watching us uh, as if we were, you know, criminals, which we weren't, of course. Uh, we did nothing criminal. We were following the law. Yeah. And uh, within a couple minutes, um, a seconds even, uh, five other officers arrived on the scene. They, they handled uh, the miscreants with uh, the armed miscreants. Right, right. Uh, we, we, we gathered that they received a phone call from someone uh, reporting that there were two people in the area wearing uh, firearms. And uh, not that we had threatened anyone or anything, but that we just had firearms. Some people get scared. Yeah, it's difficult to say to what it. they said. They could have said brandishing. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. people use all kinds of terms. Right, right. There's some armed guys out here. And so uh, they proceed to disarm us. Uh, they unchamber our weapons. They, uh, we find out uh, they ran our serial numbers. They ask for our driver's license. They get our information. They're uh, you know, squawking in their uh, 
uh, shoulder uh, microphone, you know, how to spell our names, looking up our history, asking us all sorts of questions which were completely unprecedented. And uh, uh, they also terry-padded us. And uh, that was the second time in one day I've been fondled by a bureaucrat. First, wow. uh, first one was TSA, TSA that morning. You know, the, the thing is, is it's going to happen a certain amount because you know, people have allowed their right to, to bear arms to, you know, be diminished over time, and it's going to happen to a few people. Thanks for being one of those people, but uh, you know. Uh, I'm afraid there's going to be a few people that are going to have to deal with the bureaucrats sure. until they get used to it. Well, I can tell you that uh, we were out and about last night with one of the lieutenants in uh, Keene, the Keene Police Department, and he told me that uh, that he was shocked uh, that that happened, although I guess not so much surprised because apparently the Manchester police, they aren't quite as quality uh, as, as the Keene police. And uh, he said that uh, he's, one of his guys saw you... Because you both were also in Keene, yeah. also open carrying, yeah. and uh, they spotted you on Main Street, and you know they just drove right on by. Because I can see that they would mention it on the radio, but I mean, yeah, they, you they shouldn't do anything else. You aren't threatening anybody. Nothing uh, is happening, and it, you're just two nice-looking gents walking down the sidewalk, happen to be carrying uh, firearms. Uh, though Alex, you're dressed out in camo today, so that yeah. might scare people a little a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> We were being completely peaceful in Manchester, and we were, I mean, it was my first time in New Hampshire, and I was very excited to be open carrying, and, um, and uh, it shocked me, the fact that the way the police uh, approached us, and, um, you know, they made, they made us walk behind, you know, backwards to the police, and they disarmed us, and made us act like, treated, treated us really like, like criminals. Exactly. And um, what's so strange, really, was the way the, the cops' attitude towards uh, our open carry was, and he, he proceeded to, at least the cop that, that was dealing with me, proceeded to tell me how illogical I was, how wrong, what I, how, how what I was doing was wrong, and you know, how like I was um, the fact that I was open carrying. But he's open carrying. Right. Uh, it's but, us versus them, see, they're better. Than now, hold on, why is it illogical for Alex to open carry when the cop is open carrying and then telling him he shouldn't be open carrying? His logic was that he was still on, on duty and that if he wasn't, off, he wasn't on duty, he would not not be Aren't uh, we carry. all responsible for, um, you know, making sure that people are safe around us? Of course, and I, and I, and I think I want to be responsible for, for my safety, for the safety of my friends and family, and for the people around me. I, I care about people's safety. And yeah. it, it's, this guy doesn't have a grip on what logical is. Of course. <laughs> well, I guess he would suggest that if there was something unsafe going on, that you should call him and then wait until he arrives to help save your life yep. or whatever. Until right? then, you can catch the bullets that they're uh, tossing at you. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so how long did you say, would you say the entire encounter actually lasted? It was probably about 20 minutes, and um, I, I did not have my gun for 20 minutes, and that, doesn't, that, that does not make me feel very good. Well, you know, it's, uh, I don't know how worse things would have been in Florida had you uh, been doing the same thing down oh, yeah. there. I don't even know if it's legal to open carry in Florida. I'm not sure about yeah. that. I can't imagine. Uh, but things certainly would have gone, I think, differently elsewhere, uh, and they could, they, there's a lot of room for improvement, no doubt about it, here in New Hampshire, and there are a few things that could be done uh, to, to even assist in that situation. We've got great technology like Porcupine uh, 411 and Pork 911, uh, and that allows activists to reach out to others who might be in the area and connect to them and, and let them know what's going on so they can show up and maybe arrive with video cameras and things like that. Again, all of these activism things are relatively new, so people are to the point where they don't really even know they exist, and we need to help people know that they can use them when they need them. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you probably heard me yell, we're back, because uh, we actually can't turn the mics off on this particular remote. You can't? No, we, well, I could, but... 
Anyway, doesn't work. We're doing the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008. There's a lot of noise in the background. Don't know how much our listeners are picking up. Hopefully not all of it. Uh, but there's a lot of excitement, a lot of uh, chatter going on, a lot of socialization happening right now where uh, liberty activists from across the country and in some cases from around the world have uh, joined up here in Guilford, New Hampshire at Gunstock. And they're hanging out. They're having a good time. It's been going on all week long. We just joined the festivities mere hours ago and uh, coming all the way from across the state in Keene, New Hampshire, to here in Guilford. It's a lovely place. We were here last year, and it's great to be back, Mark. It really is. I am. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very glad to be here, and, um, you know, I love Porkfest. Indeed, and there are, there's a lot more to come here over the weekend. Uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, some people are going to be hiking up Mount Liberty. There's going to be a, the uh, NRA Refuse to Be a Victim Seminar, a youth teens improv acting class, uh, plus there's going to be a tour of the Laconia Lakes, uh, the lakes area. Fishing on There's Lake a fishing Win- too. Yep, yeah, Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh, some team sports. Who wants to tour a lake? You got to fish a lake. Team sports uh, will be going on, uh, and of course, plenty of eating and libations. Let's see. There's an icebreaker event going on tomorrow. Exhibitor tent will be open. Lots of people here. Uh, I believe Mark Warden is also here. Uh, so if you're interested in realty, if you're interested in buying property up here in New Hampshire, you should see Mark Warden at the realtor tent. Right. This well, a lot of people are going to be, you know, or come the to Pork- exhibitor tent. Yeah, they're going to come to Porkfest. They're going to say, you know, this is the place where I want to be. I'm interested in uh, moving for liberty. And if you're going to move to the, you know, uh, the free state, talk to Mark Warden. See what else is going on tomorrow. Uh, again, another improv class, live music. There are going to be bands playing throughout Porkfest here, as I understand it. I, I know that uh, at some point, I think the uh, the guys from oh shoot, what is it? Uh, never mind. I should have gone there. There's several <laughs> bands playing here at Porkfest. Uh, Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance giving a uh, a speech tomorrow. The gay porcupines are going to be meeting uh, tomorrow as well. Looks like Mensa is going to be meeting up too. That should be fun. And uh, there we are on the schedule again. You can actually come here and watch Free Talk Live broadcast. uh, from Tonight we're at the Powder Keg. Tomorrow night we're going to be outdoors underneath a tent uh, broadcasting, I think, the first outdoors edition of Free Talk. The weather's been kind of warm here in the New Hampshire the last few days, but it's getting cooler, so I think we'll oh, be yeah. okay. And we're up a little higher here, and uh, it's just going to be beautiful tonight. Of course, the real uh, the real highlight of the entire event is the people. It's not just the panel discussions that will be going on later this weekend. We'll tell you more about what's happening uh, as the uh, the week goes on. But it's not just the panel discussions and the presentations. It's the camaraderie. It's the the folks, the people that you're hanging out with, that you're meeting maybe for the first time, maybe again. Uh, maybe you're seeing some uh, some people again. But if you've never been up here to Porkfest and you can make it up here this weekend, it's an amazing experience to be surrounded by people who understand what liberty is all about, people that get it. You don't have to explain yourself to them. They may disagree on a few things, uh, but generally you'll find, I think, 80-plus percent compatibility uh, for, as far as ideological concerns. I, I think it's even more than that. I, I would say, yeah, I was being conservative on that. But anyway, we're here live, and of course, we'll take your calls still, as we always do. Let's go to your phone, uh, your phone calls and talk to Sabrina in Maryland. Sabrina, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just heard that guy calling about the dog collars on his children. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a two-year-old um, daughter, and we live in Maryland, and I actually did see something about that in the newspaper like three months ago and around March. Wow. That guy really okay. is that crazy. <laughs> Do you think it's possible? Because he's sure his delivery was great. 
Like, I, I, I thought it was a prank call, but that he was just a really good pranker. <laughs> then again, I did see it in the newspaper, so I'm not quite sure if it was just mm. all a joke or a guy being a douchebag with his kids. Well, I, if you could, send us the uh, link. You could send the link to FTL at Yeah, if you can find something, I would love to see it, because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's believable, man. There's been some crazy things that parents have done, no doubt about it. Sabrina, any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, I was listening a couple weeks ago about that guy that called in about him being, like, schizophrenic. Remember him? He um, was at college, and there was some woman that kept harassing him. No. I vaguely, I vaguely recall Tell me about the stuff that I hear about on your show. You have to expect crazy people to call in. That kid that was on the energy drinks that's like 200 pounds and losing his teeth kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that was a great call, too. I have no idea if it was for real. Mark, you were probably out that week. We had this guy call in. He said he was uh, drinking, like, eight monster energy drinks every single day and was totally hepped up on uh, on caffeine as a result of that. So uh, the way he, he was a good cranker, too, because it, it, he almost sounded believable, but it was just so so ludicrous. <laughs> What's that? very addicting. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And there's, you know, he was young. He sounded young. The uh, the young sort of uh, geeky males that are more kind of internet, uh, multi massive, uh, massively multiplayer online role playing games, staying up till 6 a.m. They've got to pound some sort of caffeine into their system. So um, I imagine that their choice would be the energy drinks. Sabrina, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. And when you get a chance, send us your picture. For the Shrine of Female listeners. In fact, speaking of the Shrine of Female listeners, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And you can take a look at it. In fact, I'm seeing at least one Shriner uh, sitting here in our studio audience tonight, and I'm sure there will be others out and about uh, throughout the weekend. In fact, let's, you know, since we're talking about kids, Mark, let's, uh, let's continue this theme here. I've got a story from Dimitri Vas- Vasilaros from PittsburghLive.com. It's kind of interesting here. He says, ask, ask the next hundred people you meet if child sexual abuse cases are increasing nationwide. And don't be surprised if everyone says yes. Yeah, I think everybody w- would say yes. But, I, but I would, what I would, in fact, tell you is that the media attention for child sex abuse cases is increasing. Whereas correct. child sex abuse is decreasing markedly. How would you know this? Did you read this show? No, I could just, I could just think about it for a second. You know, I mean, as as we move to a more educated, less rural, uh, you know, culture where people sort of check on their neighbors and they just have more contact with their neighbors, yeah. you're gonna, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think the hillbillies way up there? I don't know hillbillies. I don't I don't want to uh, categorize anybody in any particular yeah. group, but yeah, what do you think the the real rednecks that are out in the woods where nobody can see them? Yeah, that that fragile X uh, right. syndrome that's that's kicking off for a reason. Well, here's the detail. Lisa Jones wouldn't be surprised, even though she knows cases have decreased 49% since 1990. 1990, so that's in the last 18 years. The surprisingly good news could be very bad news for posturing politicians trying to use scare tactics to limit personal freedom, says uh, Vasilaros. If the boogeyman is only half the man he supposedly was, citizens would be less likely to support demagogues wanting to police the so-called back alleys of the information superhighway or to impose new taxes or draconian zoning restrictions on adult bookstore-type businesses. Ms. Jones is a research assistant at the Crimes Against Children Research Center at the University of New Hampshire. The center focuses on child abuse and neglect and how communities should respond to those most helpless of victims. She says there's not enough media attention, even though for 15 years there's been an unmistakable downward trend. 
So what she's saying, there's not enough media attention on the downward trend. There's right. plenty of attention for the each the individual stories that are coming. Oh, absolutely. Uh, big media's focus on sexual predators, including those trolling the internet in programs such as To Catch a Predator on NBC, have skewed, or they might have created a skewed image in people's minds, she suggests. In most cases, the victim knows the perpetrator, she says. Strangers make up the smallest group of predators. Absolutely the smallest. The, the fact is, if, if a child is going to be molested, it's likely going to be um, molested by a, a close member of the family. Not, you know, ne- not necessarily when I say member of the family. I don't mean father or mother. Uncle. Right. Yes. Uncles, uh, you know, pe- pe- people that live nearby, people Cousins. that are trusted. Right. Those kind of people. Stepfathers. Uh, stepfathers are... Uh, you know, not good. According to the studies, uh, the stranger factor is only 7 to 25%. So it depends on the study you look at, but in every study, it's the smallest factor. Uh, she says that to catch a predator... Well, that's because um, the other numbers would be the, less, the least likely to be reported. Stranger ones are easy to report. So she says yeah. to catch a predator, some families only need to lure the relatives over for dinner. But what about critics who believe all data are suspect because it can be so difficult for young victims to disclose, and since each state could have its own system to collect data and crunch the numbers? We can talk more about this. Uh, turns out there's not as much child abuse as you might have thought there's going on out in America. It's not to uh, detract from those cases where it is really going on. Well, then on. the CPS is going to have to make it up then, huh? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, broadcasting from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008, also known as Porkfest. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, to learn more about what's going on this weekend here at the lovely Gunstock Campground here in Guilford, New Hampshire. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. If you enjoy Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, we invite you to go and uh, shop with us. You can do that in two different ways. You can shop at the Free Talk Live store. You can go to store.freetalklive.com, grab great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. Plus... To purchase virtually everything else, you can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com. And if you, em- uh, if you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping experience at Amazon.freetalklive.com. As I said, we're here at Porkfest, and we'll hear from more Porkfest personalities as the week goes on because we're going to be, uh, going to be broadcasting tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday night's shows all live from Porkfest. So we're excited about um, meeting up with all these wonderful liberty activists here in New Hampshire. It's just the best, the, 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 the highest quality group of people you've ever come across. It really is a fantastic group of folks. Let's continue here, uh, though, the story, because uh, it's coming from Dimitri Vassilaros at the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. And he's pointing out that if all you do is pay attention to the news... You might be under the mistaken impression that there are all kinds of kids getting molested out there by their teachers and their priests and, you know, cops or whatever. I mean, we've seen so many molestation stories. It's awful. And I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to to make it sound like, oh, well, you know, your kids are being molested. Well, at least not everyone's kids are being molested. I don't want to minimize those real incidents of uh, kids getting hurt. don't want to minimize that. But what I do want to point out here is the numbers actually show a, tre- a, a tre- tremendous decrease in the amount of incidents of 
the sort of child touching that's uh, that's going on. Child crime in general. Yeah, uh, ch- child abuse, I guess, is, is the term. It's not just sexual. It can also be physical. And uh, apparently it has dropped by 49% since the early 1990s. So despite all the media coverage it's getting today, which is more possible now because of the information age and information is very quickly moved around and uh, and, and it's... Stories about children being abused are news because they don't happen very often. So they get promoted, they get talked about, and people, they get a mistaken impression that it goes on more often than it does. And, and, it and people are just, you know, it's stories that interest people. That uh, the little Ramsey girl, I can't remember what her full name was. JonBenet Ramsey. JonBenet Ramsey. People still talk about that case. Do they really? It's been 10 years. Well, here's a little bit more information, uh, again, from PittsburghLive.com. One of the experts from the University of New Hampshire's Crimes Against Children Research Center points out that there's, uh, she says, in most cases, the victim knows the perpetrator. We've talked about that, where strangers are are barely, uh, even in the statistics, sometimes as low as 7%. So look out. It's probably your uncle. It's probably grandpa. It's somebody that you know uh, that's, that's likely doing the child abusing. But what about critics who believe data are all data are suspect because it can be so difficult for the young vic- victims to disclose, and since each state could have its own system to collect data and crunch numbers? Well, Jones, the researcher, concludes that many cases probably go unreported, but the so-called iceberg analogy takes that into account, she says. For example, say there were 100 cases reported for every 1,000 people in 1995. However, by 2005, only 50 per every 1,000 were reported. She, has, she says, we have no reason to believe that the iceberg has changed. For Pennsylvania, sexual abuse cases identified by Child Protective Service agencies declined from a rate of 15.3 per 10,000 children in 92 to 9.7 per 10,000 children in 2005. It's right. like this so, all across the country. And I, I think that's a, a, a very salient point. It's, it would seem to me that there would be more cases reported uh, currently, that rather than than fewer. Why? Uh, well, just because it's it's it, people are hearing more and more that you know that they should report it that it's that the guy's going to get caught or something going to happen to them. I think kids are better educated about abuse and sexual abuse now than they were 20 years ago. I think uh, that yeah, absolutely. And so therefore, um, it could be the the only. I, I would seem to me the only logical speculation is that either um, the rates of reporting have uh, stayed the same or and therefore increased. So the forty nine percent may even be low. Very, you're very well uh, possibly could be right on that. And so it could the cases could not have just cut in half, but they could have. Kind of, maybe as far as a quarter. Who knows? I just, I just thought it was an interesting story that that tied into uh, you know the abuse and I think that, it, that came people up people need to know this is because that that's what the evening news sells. Absolutely. I mean, certainly uh, you've got to take when you when you hear the news, whether it's your local news or whether it's Fox or CNN, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They're just trying to set you know get you to hold through the commercial breaks like we are. Yep. They're trying to sensationalize what's going on out there to make it look like there's an epidemic of crime or an epidemic of child abuse or whatever. They're just and hanging around until the next hot blonde goes missing in America. Yeah, you know, you know about that. That's just they're just waiting for that so they can plaster her all over, but for an entire week. Oh my God, some beautiful blonde girl's gone missing. If she was going to get married in a week. Can you believe it? The toll-free SACL CAI number here is 800-259-9231. We are at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's a lot going on here. There's so much going on that we can't even cover it all, I think, accurately in uh, in three hours. The number one thing is, of course, the meeting people and getting to know other liberty activists. 
Uh, and there's going to be other things that are alternatives happening this weekend. I'm sure at some point we'll have uh, Jack Shimmick from the Alternatives Expo going on, which is something that started up a while back. Of course, the, uh, the, Free, uh, the Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival has an official list of things that are happening. And you're more than welcome to attend all of those things and, and enjoy them very much. But if there's, uh, there's something else that might strike your fancy or the, uh, the list of official items does not interest you, there are other things happening beyond just hanging out at uh, campsites and uh, you know, playing board games and smoking and drinking with people. Uh, there are also alternatives happening. The Alternatives Expo going on, I believe, primarily on the weekend where there are going to be different things being discussed. And we're going to find out more about that uh, as time goes on here, I know that our very own Sam, uh, Sam from Texas, is going to be here doing a, uh, he's part of the Alternatives Expo, and I believe it's either tomorrow or Saturday night, I'm sure we'll talk to him about it, but he's going to do a presentation on the Law of Attraction, which I think would be very interesting, because there are a lot of people here in uh, the, the Liberty Movement who are very, very logical folks. Uh-huh. They are very skeptical, yep. and when they hear about an idea like the Law of Attraction, the uh, the suggestion that the universe responds to what you want and uh, that like attracts like. And so that if you are wanting something positive and good for yourself, then that your life is going to move off in that direction. But if you don't believe you can have those things, if that's not really what you want, if what you think is that you can't get those things that you want, the universe will give you what you, what you don't want, essentially. It will give you more of the same. And uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell, and I'm sure yep. Sam will do a better job uh, than I can of explaining it tomorrow during his presentation. But I think it'll be interesting, especially if some of those skeptics actually go to the presentation and we have a little uh, little debate over the... I hope it doesn't uh, you know, mire down the entire thing, but... I yeah. know. I'm sure they could kick him out if they were being uh, too much trouble. But nonetheless, that's one of the, uh, the interesting alternatives. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily tie directly into liberty activism, but it's kind of on the, the periphery of something that could be useful for people. I've certainly found it useful in my life, and uh, I'm sure we'll have Sam in here at some point, and we can talk more about it then. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything here. It is Free Talk Live, live at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Pat in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Pat. It's Paul, Pat. not Pat. Paul, uh, oh, Paul, uh, yeah, you know, I want to ask. I, I have you to know why Ron Paul's gotta, give, given up his campaign? Do I know why? Why? Yeah. Well, are you gonna tell us? Well, we don't know why yet. I thought maybe oh. y'all might have heard something. He's throwing in the towel. He's giving up. I don't know. I haven't heard. I'm tired. Yeah, it was it was on uh, CNN earlier. Mm. Yeah, we got the uh, the report earlier tonight. He's probably just tired of it. You know, it, it's pretty tough running a political campaign, especially for president. You got to well, get you know, up early. You got to go to sleep late. It can really wear on somebody in their seventies. Well, the thing is, I mean, he's got everybody behind him. Even Europe wants him in office. Well, it's over. Yeah. What well, are you we can do still now, write him in. Yeah, you can, and that won't do a damn thing. Well, there's nobody I, worth voting for now, so... I agree with I, you. I agree. I agree. Uh, although, yeah. although I, you know what? Bob Barr apparently has come out against the war on drugs. Well, that's interesting. At this point. So that, is that your just pivotal issue, Ian? As long as it's... No, he's, no, I'm not As long as he's uh, for or against no, the war on drugs, I didn't say I was going to vote for Bob Barr. I just said that I heard something, all right? Maybe we'll see what he has to say for himself. I'll give him the chance to make a case. You, and, Paul, any other thoughts tonight? Do you think that uh, this country is ever going to give up bringing drugs into the country? I don't. Not as long as I'm smoking marijuana, Paula. Those drugs are going to come in here, and I'm going to smoke them. That's what's well, going to happen. I imagine most of your marijuana. I'm talking about the cocaine. And-
and all that. Ah, uh, cocaine I'm not so interested in, but give me a little MDMA and I'm a happy man. Thank you for the Dear call God. tonight. Certainly appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I haven't had any MDMA in a while, Mark. Not since I've been up here in New Hampshire. Thank goodness. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is your show. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It is your program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, And, of course, you can join us again at freetalklive.com. Lots of great stuff going on there, and it's all for free. We are also in person uh, live broadcasting from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008. So if you want to join the fun in person, you should come up to Gunstock uh, here in beautiful Guilford, New Hampshire, the Lakes region, very near Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh, there's a lot of other action in the area at this time, though. Bike Week is going on right yep, now. Yep, Bike so. Week. So if you've got a bike and you're coming up for Bike Week, great detour. Come on over to Gunstock and uh, meet up with some of the liberty, liberty-loving liberty activists here in the Free State Project. There are hundreds of people that are going to be here throughout the weekend. And from what we heard yesterday, there were already at least 100 people here uh, at Gunstock. Rich Goldman is the Porcupine Freedom Festival organizer. He's sitting in with us here tonight. Rich, welcome to Free Talk Live. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, how, how would you estimate so far... The turnout this year compared to last year and today versus yesterday, what are we looking at as far as increases? I would say it's about the same as last year in terms of Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's going to be exciting is Friday and Saturday we've been advertising a lot more into the Lakes Region community. We've been putting up posters about the concerts. We've been advertising oh, on cool. these little digital displays around towns and supermarkets and hotels. We've gotten a couple more uh, newspaper articles. And so we're really hoping that this year, we got 450 people last year, and yeah. that's a low number, um, without you know, just attracting Free State Project people. Right. So we're really it's, hoping it, it, it's hard to quantify Free State Project people simply yeah. because they, they like to uh, fly below the radar as yeah. much as they can. Right, and so this year we're hoping to get at least 500, maybe 600, wow, and see how that works. And bring in people from around the area so yeah. uh, people in New Hampshire can come to understand better about what the, the Free State Project is about as opposed to just getting their news from <laughs> word of mouth or possibly seeing a, a biased newspaper Exactly. Article. So, for instance, we were at the uh, Gunstock Inn last night having a social between Free Staters and uh, uh, local business people and local people from the community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people there said, you know, yeah, it's, you know, I, I identify as libertarian. And they were kind of curious what the Free State product was about. And we explained, said, oh, that's really cool. And they're planning to come to Porkfest. Neat. These are people that hadn't heard of the Free State product before, hadn't been to Porkfest, and are going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Sounds like it'll really be uh, making a difference. What's coming up here in the next few days? We talked earlier mm-hmm. tonight about what has already gone on. There's been a lot of activity here, a lot of neat things that you could go out and do, everything from yeah. hiking to fishing, uh, yeah. shooting. Uh, so a lot of social events yeah. where people get, can, can get to know one another. Mm-hmm. What else is coming up this weekend that people who might be listening and maybe in the New England area could come up here and experience? Okay, so for Friday morning, um, if you're able to get up this early, there's going to be a hike to Mount Liberty up in the uh, White Mountains. That's an annual hike we do. You can go as high as a 4,000 footer, very steep. But what you, time does that start? You, we leave the park from Gunstock at 7:45 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's going to be an elite group of people because I know there's going to be a lot of partying going on tonight at the Sickle CAI Fun Tent. So if you can make it up that early, it'd probably be a good time. Indeed. A lot of people go there, and it's a great trip, great opportunity to meet people. And how how tall is the peak? It's over 4,000 feet in the White Mountains range. And but it's not just 4,000 feet up; it's 4,000. Very steep, large. It's a very difficult mountain, but you can go as high as you can. Come back down. A couple, couple people make it to the top. I made it to the top my first time. Wow, cool. So, so you didn't have any equipment to make it to the top? No. Well, okay. no. Water bottle. Okay. <laughs> just, just being clear, because I mean, you know, there's, there's rock climbing and there's mountain climbing, True. and, and it, depending on the mountain, it can it can kind of the area gets a little gray. Right. Right, and so, so for those not those that don't want to get up that early or don't want to hike, so we have a, a bus tour around the Lakes region led by a, a very connected guy. His name is Jim Blackie from Gunstock Acres. You know, knows the le- Lakes region like the back of his hand, knows all the inside places. You'll even see buffalo if you go on this trip. There's a buffalo wow. farm in the area. Huh. So you American bison. Oh, yeah. Okay, just making it clear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just, just try to decide whether we're, that's what we're talking about or not. <laughs> and we also have... Uh, what's, um, Dan McGuire is organizing a uh, road rally around the state. It's a three-hour scavenger hunt. Okay. Oh, wow, that's on, cool. Yeah, it's based on accuracy, not on speed, though. So you get a map, you get clues, and there's four people to a car, and you just drive around trying to get as accurate an answer as around the state as possible. Neat. How far? I mean, all over the state? Honestly, I'm not quite sure. He's the okay. one organizing, but I have to imagine it's, it's within probably an hour I would radius. It have to be local because I mean, yeah. gas is expensive. People aren't going to want to go too far. But yeah. we're covering the gas for the people that have uh, decided to drive. So, oh wow, that's yeah. unusual. Yeah. So if you want to volunteer your car, just show up. Oh, neat. Yeah. And cool. I believe, yep. And then we have uh, in the after. So then there's a bit of. We also have a. Uh, team- this is all tomorrow. Oh yeah. Okay. And then, what about uh, the fishing? There was fishing, wasn't there? I believe so. There's, there's so many things going on. It's hard to keep track of them all. I, I do have the schedule here. Group fishing, uh, yeah. it can be a lot of fun. So for those that kind of want to see the full schedule, um, if you go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, forward slash schedule, it's also linked to you from the main Porkfest page. And you'll see a Google Calendar, and that'll show you in a week view, or you can click on the Agenda tab. And we'll get a full listing of all the events that are happening throughout the week. I'm looking at it here, Mark. Uh, there is fishing going on, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, you're not going to go. It's on Lake Winnipesaukee, right. and it, uh, it, you, it's, it's difficult to argue that there's a more beautiful lake in America. And as far as I'm concerned, Winnipesaukee it. is a beautiful, it beautiful nice. lake. Now, diving beneath it, perhaps not so much fun, but uh, fishing is great. They do that, though. They do dive. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> well, it seems so strange to me. You want to dive? You've got to have somewhere to do it, and that's you better can than go a look at all, pool. Yeah, you look at all the, the, the seaweed and, mus- uh, and mud. Well, what would you look at in uh, the ocean? It's seaweed and dirt. No, you look at uh, coral and colorful fish. I guess. It depends on where you are. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so there's stuff going on all weekend long, and of course, yep. inevitably, we're going to talk more about that, but uh, what would you say that, I mean, as the organizer, and this is your yep. second year organizing yep. pork fest what would you say is your your favorite part about all this well it's hard to narrow it down actually but i would say what i would focus on is sort of the interesting thing for this year is what we've added or what we've expanded so we've added on a concert so we have local bands from the area coming in to play mm-hmm. friday night and all then all through saturday um we've our exhibitor tent we added a lot of new exhibitors who are going to be at pork fest for the first time great you know we got everything from solar panel companies to cartoonist Del Everett, you know, anarchyinyourhead.com yeah. is going to be yep, there. Yep, he's going to be there doing uh, drawings of people. Oh, cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can sit down and pay him to do a caricature or something. Yeah, oh, that's neat. Yeah, Bureaucrash is going to be there again. Um, we've got financial planners, realtors, 
it's a whole diverse group of uh, vendors that are going to be there. Do you know who's here from Bureau Crash? I know they just changed up their, uh, yeah. their president. Is there? Yeah, Pete Ayer, the new Crasher-in-Chief, is going to be here. We've got to find it. If you, can, if you can find Pete and hook oh. him up with me at some point over the we'll next do. couple days. We'll do. He's a good friend of mine. I definitely want to meet him and, uh, and talk to him. The, uh, the Bureau Crash organization is a, is a really great group of people. I think it's BureauCrash.com. Yep. And Isn't Pete uh, IHS? He used to be IHS, and then he transferred to be the IHS. We interviewed uh, Pete at the, the Liberty Forum. Yeah, it's called the Institute for Humane Studies, and they, it's out of uh, George Mason University. Right, and so amongst the various things they do is one, they hold summer seminars, um, trying to promote the ideas of liberty to college students. It's basically like going to a libertarian college for a week. Right, you know, all all the best thinkers in the libertarian movement are there, and they also have fellowships where they promote and internships of those that have pro-liberty, libertarian ideas, getting them into positions of influence in journalism, in law, in many fields where their impact is much greater. Very, very good, positive organization. So Ian asked you about your favorite thing about Porkfest, and yeah. I've got a favorite thing about Porkfest. Please share. The, the way... It, like libertarians have a difficult it, it's a difficult to come out and say what you're thinking every yeah. time and have to explain yourself every time you talk to somebody what are you yeah. do you want to starve the children do you want <laughs> old people to die in the streets you, what about you know, the roads right, <laughs> it, it just the, the crap that people say about the idea of freedom right uh, last night i had to talk to somebody and you know i, I was talking to them about a, a freedom issue and you know, tr- was trying to make some comparisons, how cops are antithetical to freedom, and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's so difficult. You come here and you find uh, you know, p- p- people are able to, to converse so much more openly mm-hmm. it's, and, and in a friendly manner. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like a big club where you almost know everybody. I'm yeah. not saying you really know them, but you know them in a right. way that, that you just... There's that instant connection. Yeah, th- that's, that's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's been going on all week, and it's going to go be much, much bigger this weekend. You know, during the week, you know, you maybe have 100, 150 people here already. Yeah, that's big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, I mean, for a lot of libertarian gatherings, yes. That would be, be big absolutely. for a scouting. Uh, yeah, but yeah. we're going to be up to, you know, 500 this weekend. The more, the merrier. Yeah. 100 yeah. people is bigger than most libertarian party conventions. <laughs> I mean, as far as the state convention yeah, in the country. Hey, uh, good having you on the show. Uh, and thanks for having me, and I hope to be on here later in the week. Keep up the great work. We'll definitely have you back. Great. Thank you. More coming up here. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, live from Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008. Talk Live, it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Some of the features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website. For your downloading convenience, up to an entire year's worth of the show, totally free, freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by internobs.com. I don't know if you're writing all these down, Mark, but you should be. What? Internobs.com brings you the show. We've got, uh, or they've got poles. They've got faucets. They've got toilets, I think, right? No, they don't have, they don't toilets. have toilets. They have uh, faucets, toilets, uh, excuse me, faucets, sinks. Uh, sinks, you know, okay, so they go to the sink. Drawer pulls, that kind of thing. And pretty much in either you know high end or they have the uh, the economy stuff, and you can get the best prices. And really, they do have friendly service, and it's a way to support somebody who supports Free Talk Live. 
InAndOuts.com. Absolutely. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Jeb in Texas. Jeb, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, guys. I just wanted to call in and oh, this is Jeb, basically talk about Dennis Kostinich, U.S. Congressman Dennis Kostinich of Ohio. He introduced bills uh-huh. of impeachment against he President did. Bush. I think yeah, it was Monday on June the 9th in Congress on the House uh-huh. floor. And I think it was a 35-count uh, indictment that he introduced before Congress. And I was just calling in to, to state that I think, uh, well, how this is supposed to work is the House Judiciary Committee is supposed to, I guess, determine whether uh, to put the bills of impeachment on the table for Congress um, to vote on. In any event, yeah. um, I'd like happens, to point though? Yeah, I'd like to then, point then out that... Then they impeach him and nothing happens, right? Well, well you know, I, I think it goes beyond that because, um, you know, these guys, Bush and Cheney, as a matter of fact, they, they have committed you know, what they say high crimes and misdemeanors, and they, in my opinion, have um, committed treasonous acts, and, of course, the signing statements and executive orders, among the other illegal activities like the NSA spying program, all are in violation of federal law and the Constitution. And, Certainly and there's a laundry list of things out there that, uh, that could be brought up. But my concern here is that a whole big deal is going to be made out of this impeachment thing. And according to the dictionary, all an impeachment is is simply an accusation of misconduct. Well, it's, yeah. it's in no way any sort of uh, criminal trial or punishment. It will not result in George Bush or Dick Cheney being evicted from office or anything like that. It may be a, a black mark on their political career, but but that's about it. Clinton was impeached. Right. Well, I, I it, think it, that it his impeachment did not stop him from getting a hundred thousand dollars every speaking engagement he goes to. So this I think does that there may nothing. Be another, another alternative is is there's something called a writ of mandamus. Now, a writ of mandamus can be filed by any American citizen, and it can, it can be filed against, say, the uh, Attorney General of the United States, who is Michael McCasey, and a writ of mandamus would be, is basically to compel an official to perform his or her duties. And, like of course, what? what like, like uh, bring them up on charges? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I mean, you, you could, in other words, any American citizen could file a writ of mandamus against Michael McCasey or against the House of Representatives compelling them to perform their duties. And, uh, well, why is, haven't you done it yet, Jeff? Well, I mean... Um, what are you waiting for? Well, you know, you I, I've got to do a little legal research. I've got a few things, oh, other things okay. going on. But, I mean, you know, it's, it, I shouldn't be the one that has to do to it. It's easy to pawn it off. Yeah, sure, it's easy to pawn it off on somebody else and not have to take responsibility for something you believe in. Jeff, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I mean, if it's a good idea, why don't you do it, Jeff? Why don't you get out there and uh, get it done? But no, he's just going to sit back and say, well, someone else should do it. Well, maybe he's hoping that uh, more than one person will do it. I don't know. Whatever. I wouldn't expect anything to come out of it. I don't expect anything to come out of our uh, legal system, honestly. I'm I'm surprised at the ruling they had uh, today on the Guantanamo inmates. Um, I'm... You know, I, I just to, I'll to just me, wait. they'll back up the police state soon enough. Somehow, Give time. George Bush was, of course, talking about how he could make it legal, but I don't think so. I think it, likely Guantanamo will be shut down by this uh, by this ruling. But we'll see about that. You know, the the Supreme Court it it, it is it ruled poorly on the uh, First Amendment regarding uh, petition for redress of grievance earlier this year. It, it ruled poorly on uh, eminent domain when it, in, in the case of the uh, New London versus New London, Connecticut versus. Uh, 
and kilo, and it's just it's I don't know the the freedoms go away quickly, they go away slowly. What difference does it make? It's still they're still going away. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Our caller earlier suggested uh, Paula said that she didn't think there was anyone worth voting for, and I have to agree at this point. You However, mean for president, for president. Yeah. However, Bob Barr, the Libertarian Party's uh, candidate for president this year, I was not satisfied with him being chosen for the uh, the party's candidacy. That's for sure. Okay. And the, I don't know if this this article by him is going to satisfy me. I don't predict that it will. But he has now apparently come out. But he deserves attention. When he, he does, does deserve some yeah. attention here because he's probably the best thing going in as far as the, uh, the choices out there. And that's not saying much. But Bob Barr at one time was not even close to a libertarian, and some would argue that he's still not even close today. However, it seems as though he's taken at least a step in the right direction. According to HuffingtonPost.com, Bob Barr writing an article here, title, I was wrong about the war on drugs. It's a failure. I think that's a good starting point, considering the last thing we heard about Bob Barr and his position on the war on drugs was that he was okay with marijuana being maybe uh, medicinalized, but, whoa, those other drugs, we can't have those being legal. So let's see what he has to say for himself. He says, I'll admit it. Just five years ago, I was public enemy number one in the eyes of the Libertarian Party. In my 2002 congressional race for Georgia's 7th District, the Libertarian Party ran scathing attack ads against my stand on medical marijuana. Today, I'm the presidential nominee, and I'll represent Libertarians at the top of the ticket on November 4th. Huh? That's right. Bob Barr, formerly the war-on-drugs-loving, Wiccan-mocking, Clinton-impeaching Republican, is the presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. Now, you may be asking how this happened, and my answer is simple. The Libertarians won. For more than three decades, the Libertarian Party and small-l Libertarians have done their part to prove to America that liberty is the answer to most of the problems that we face today. Over the past several years, I was one of the many people influenced by this small party. Whether through the free market or by simply allowing families to make their own decisions regarding the education of their children, Libertarians have taught us that liberty does truly work. In stark contrast, when government attempts to solve our societal problems, it tends to create even more of them often increasing the size and depth of the original problem. A perfect example of this is the federal war on drugs. For years, I served as a federal prosecutor and member of the House of Representatives defending the federal pursuit of the drug, pro of, uh, drug prohibition. Today, I can reflect on my efforts and see no progress in stopping the widespread use of drugs. I'll even argue that America's drug problem is larger today than it was when Richard Nixon first coined the phrase war on drugs in 1972. And I would say... He's absolutely right about that. There's no doubt that drug use is more widespread today than it was before, and there's also no doubt that the, the drugs themselves are more dangerous than they ever were before. So, so far, I'm with Bob Barr in this particular uh, story. I'd have to say I agree. From HuffingtonPost.com. And if he's serious about this, and it's a step in the right direction, I'm not anywhere close to endorsing the guy. But we'll keep an, our, our eyes on him. And in fact, I want to know how he feels about the, uh, the, the war in Iraq now. Well, we'll find out about that, I'm sure, uh, over time. In fact, maybe Gardner Goldsmith, who just walked in the room, can uh, chime in. because he apparently That's why everybody's hollering, yeah. Uh, we'll talk to Gardner. We'll talk more about Bob Barr here in moments to take your calls. It's Free Talk Live. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. 
Uh, we are here live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008, put on by the Free State Project and SACL CAI. Uh, of course, you can join us on the phones. You can also join us in person here at uh, Gunstock Campground in beautiful Guilford, New Hampshire, broadcasting from the Powder Keg tonight, one of the uh, the bars here on the premises. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, we're going to be broadcasting from underneath a tent. So that should be a good time, too. Uh, looking forward to meeting all kinds of interesting people, uh, meeting some people we've met before, meeting new people, which we've already been doing. It's just fantastic uh, to be here. And, of course, uh, speaking of people we already know, Gardner Goldsmith just walked into the powder keg here tonight. Gard, good evening, sir. Howdy, howdy, Ian, Mark. How you guys doing? Good, sir. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's always good to have you out here, uh, of course, uh, for Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, you, you just Did you just arrive? I, well, I was here last night, hung out with the guys under the great Sakel CAI uh, fun tent. The fun tent. Yep. Did you bartend yet? I have not bartended oh, okay. yet. Right. Uh, I did learn a few of the secrets, but uh, I am afraid it's a mystery, a, magi- a magic trick that I'm going to be missing out on here and there. So well, now, I'll, I'll do okay, though. Now, hopefully we'll have you back on at some point over the weekend, but I wanted to get you your comment. You had told me during the week that you were planning on having Bob Barr on your radio show. Did yes. that happen this week? Yes, it happened uh, just a few hours ago. Can about, you give uh, us a recap? What was that like? Yeah. Because we just found this story at HuffingtonPost.com What's where that? Bob Barr is uh, saying that he has realized the war on drugs yes. is a failure. So he's no longer just taking the uh, sort of weak, pathetic marijuana, pro-marijuana position. He has now come out against the entire war on drugs. Indeed. And yeah. I say that's a step in the right direction. Certainly I'm nowhere near close to endorsing this case. But I'm wondering what sort of information uh, you came across today with your interview with him. Well, I got to say, Ian, it was uh, a really good conversation. We weren't able to get into all of the things I wanted to get into about matters of federalism regarding, for example, uh, things like the partial birth abortion ban and things like that. We started off the conversation not on the drug war, but we did get into it, and he addressed it very fluidly. So I'll talk about that first. It was it was uh, really uh, pretty impressive. I had got I had received that Huffington Post memo from I believe uh, Glenn Jacobs uh, sent it over to me. He's actually mentioned in the article. We haven't gotten to that. Point. Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive Glenn stuff. Glenn Jacobs Glenn. from the WWE. Yeah, great stuff. And he's he's half the planet over on the other side of the planet right now, over in Australia right now, and he's still keeping up on all the issues. The guy's amazing. So he sent that over and he said, you know, uh, uh, you know, check this out, card. So we asked him about the drug war, and Bob Bohr was very explicit on my program. He says it, it, it is not only unconstitutional, it has been, because I asked him about the practicalities of it and the constitutionality of it. And he said, uh, yes, you're right on both counts. It is both unconstitutional and unpractical. He went through the amount of money that's been spent, all the people who have been incarcerated. And uh, he seems to, I take him at his word, he seems to have really changed his tune, as you said. So that is a very good step in the right if direction. If politicians think that it's going to cost them or think that they can benefit by uh, changing their opinion, they will. Yeah, Mark, it's a good point. That's so, nice. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it makes me feel a little dirty, but uh, I, like this, I like what he's saying. Yeah, I do, too. I what, do. About, what about his stance in the war in Iraq? Uh, yeah. I didn't get to ask him about that, and I, I said, you know, I would love to have you come back in a few weeks, and um, it was such a good conversation. Everything went like clockwork. Boom, boom, boom. We just went through issue after issue, a couple minutes on each issue. I think he was pretty satisfied. I think he'll come back, and I told him that there were some issues like immigration and uh, international policy like Iraq and, and international intervention that we haven't covered, and maybe we would disagree. He says, I'd be happy to come back. So we'll talk about it a little more. All right, very good. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good to know. So, uh, so Guard, anything uh, of interest well, happened yet so far to you, you know, here at Porkfest? Actually, the, the big thing for me, I was just talking with some people outside, uh, is, is this Supreme Court case. And we talked, Barr and I talked about that one. Huge, huge case on the Guantanamo, Guantanamo detainees. Yeah. Just massive. People around here are tuned into this. They're watching these sorts of things, and they understand 
that, you know, even though I don't think the Constitution goes far enough to protect me, I'd rather have no government whatsoever, I'm a voluntarist, uh, if the politicians are going to be running for an office and they're swearing an oath to uphold the Constitution, the results of what happened at that, at that court case today are pretty substantial, which is that they didn't declare war, therefore they didn't hold these guys as prisoners of war. If they don't hold them as prisoners of war, they have to hold them as something else under U.S. criminal code, and that would be under terrorist law. And if they're holding them under U.S. criminal code, they have to afford them a habeas corpus hearing. And that was, that was brought about today in the Supreme Court. And uh, it's just so nice to be around people who know about these sorts of things. This is great. It's such a, a breath of fresh air. It's awesome. You know, I was, I was really wondering what was going to happen with these de- detainees. Just sort of, what are they, what, from a practical standpoint, yeah. what are they going to do with these I, guys? I don't know. Because, uh, uh, you know, they, they couldn't, they hadn't charged them with anything. Right. There was, it was difficult to know even if any of them had done the things that they had been charged with. And, and, you know, and the cavalier attitude that the Bush administration had, you know, regardless of whether it's these people or any other people, let's just say they're, they're abstract person A and they're foreigners. The cavalier attitude that they had about, well, he says, well, they're getting three meals a day and they're allowed to, to pray. I don't see what they're complaining about, essentially. And then these are people. They are, after all. Yeah, dirty I mean, Muslims. It's insane, you know. I, I you know, I thought about uh, George Takei, who played Sulu. He was a kid in one of the Japanese internment camps. Yeah, yeah. he and actually it, gave a speech at uh, the Talkers Convention a oh, couple of years great. ago, and it was really moving. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, was it was really amazing. amazing. The stuff, you know, and they were held for no reason whatsoever, just because, because they, they were they're, Japanese. Their blood. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. So people think that we're living in the land of the free. They ought to think again, because the politicians don't like freedom. They don't like it. They like power, as you guys it's know. It's so true. Yeah, so oh, oh, otherwise, overall here, guys, it's just been great. Um, it's just the weather's been beautiful. The Gunstock Mountain Ski Area is just a wonderful place. Jason and the guys from SACL have done a fantastic job. And this is the kind of place I'm looking at faces of people I know I haven't seen for a while, and they're such good people. I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, when the history is written on this part of the country, they're going to remember some of these people who are really admirable folks. You know, when I'm 100 years old, I'm going to remember you guys and all the other folks that I've met here as some of the best people I've known. Well, I was t- we uh, w- a couple of us went out, uh, Julia and I and uh, Sam from Texas, went out on yeah. a ride-along last night with a keen police lieutenant, Lieutenant Maxfield. Oh, wow. And uh, I sent him an email later thanking him because he's a... He's somebody who, while he's inside the system, and he's certainly not doing things that are making everybody happy. Recently, he arrested Russell Canning, for instance, on a driver's license issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact is, the guy is listening to Free Talk Live. He, it, the ideas are influential. He's uh, listening to The Market for Liberty, great book, oh, nice. which you can download for free at book.freetalklive.com. So having someone within the, uh, the police reading these things and, and coming to understand these ideas is a, is a wonderful thing. But at the end of the night, uh, we'd, we'd traded all kinds of ideas about how to get from here to there. One of his big issues was he loved, loves the idea of the free market but isn't quite so sure how we're going to get from where we are to the free market. Yeah. And uh, I said that, you know, it's impossible for us to sit here and speculate and figure out exactly how that's going to play out. We can't do that. But one thing that seems – one thing that is for sure, at least to me – it seems inevitable that that's what's going to happen. That's the direction all of this is going. How we're going to get there, we'll figure it out on the way. Right. The people in search of profit are going to be the ones that are going to innovate those, uh, those ways to make the transitions as, as smooth as possible. And I said it sure will be nice when decades from now we can look back and you'll be able to, to sit down with your grandkids and say, did you know there was a time where we had to pay taxes? Let me explain <laughs> these taxes things to you, kid. Uh, there kids. were organizations yeah. that actually 
they provided services, but you had to pay for them whether you used them or not. Yeah, it would be like a setting from an L. Neal Smith novel, you know, something like that. I would love to see something like that happen. My niece hanging out. Uh, she's 12 now. Boy, that would be really cool. I'd well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really more than just taxes, though. It's, it's really all about slavery, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're – we are the new abolitionists, essentially. And, and I don't say this to slight those who are enslaved today, physically enslaved. I don't say this to slight them at all. Uh, or those who were enslaved in the past. But the fact is, if you don't own your body, and if you don't own the product of your body, your work, and the the things that you do... You don't own your land? If you don't own your land, if somebody can take a percentage of of what it is that you've earned in a given year, whether it's 50 or 5%, you're a slave to your master. And the masters are in the state governments, and and the local governments, and the federal governments. And we're... That's what we're working against. That's what we're trying to, to, to move away from. We're trying to move in a, uh, to a voluntary order as opposed to this coercive governmental system that we have today, which will really result in the abolition of slavery. Once this is all said and done, slavery, slavery will finally be finished. It will be done because it's no longer just on a plantation. Slavery has gone nationwide and the 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 taskmasters aren't as obvious as they used to be and the slavery itself is much more subtle than it was before but that's literally what we're doing here we're helping free people from bondage more coming up it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Though I should have put a caveat in here. Uh, Michael Hampton from HomelandStupidity.us gave me an important reminder, and that is that for those of you who are amplifiers, you are SOL, I'm afraid. As far as calling in on the AMP call-in lines, you can call them, but no one will answer. Right. Uh, so <laughs> they just ring. Mind. Yeah, they only ring into our studio. We can't. Well, if we really went through a lot of effort, we could probably bring them out here, but that just means I have to haul around more equipment. So no thanks. Uh, AMP calls will be able to come back on uh, Monday night. So 800-259-9231 is the only number you can access us at over this Porcupine Freedom Festival weekend. It is Porkfest 2008. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com to learn more about what's going on. The schedule is up there, and the itinerary is loaded. There's so much happening, it's going to be difficult to decide what to do because you want to spend as much time as you can with all of these wonderful people, and it's hard to even choose where to go and, and what to do. But uh, it's really going to be a good time over the, the next couple of days. And Gardner Goldsmith is, is with hey, us hey. here from LibertyConspiracy.com. Hey, Gardner Goldsmith, you, the, the host of Against the Grain, a weekday yeah. radio program heard here in the... Uh, I guess you could be heard in the Lakes region, but certainly in the yeah. Concord area yeah, Concord, of uh, New yeah, Hampshire. On over towards Vermont. and You guys still it. are in Lebanon, right? They switched the, the stations over there, didn't they? Yeah, I think we're still up there. I, I don't think, know exactly what the story is. I over think there. you're on the AM station up there. Right, the but WTSL. not the FM 93.9. We're yeah. on the, what is it, 1400? They, they flipped you. I think they took that AM station and they ter- put an FM translator on there. Right so on. I think you're still on FM, but it's not the, as big of a signal. Okay. But anyway, right, so. he's all across the state, and he's on our show occasionally. You can grab his show at libertyconspiracy.com. Now, your book, Live for Your Die, Gardner, yeah. is available at Amazon. 
Amazon.freetalklive.com, of course, 24 hours a day. But you're actually here at Porcupine Freedom Festival, and you told us during the break you have a limited, very limited <laughs> supply, yeah. which could be good. means you might be able to actually charge more for them. Than, oh, you know, man, you know, I didn't think about that. Autograph them, charge a few, few bucks extra. That's right, that's uh, but, right. But you do have a few on hand that you will. So if you see Gardner Goldsmith and you're here at Pork Fest this weekend and you're looking for a copy, uh, you may have one available. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm expecting a shipment anytime soon. So thank you very much. And, and if you can't get it, go to Amazon.com. I'd love to see some more sales uh, shoot up. I don't get much per book, but it's really nice to just to see it because there's a lot of work my father did that's in there. So, so we can go two ways here in the uh, the reigning, remaining minutes of the program. Of course, we'll go another way if you call in and uh, take control of the airwaves. But otherwise... Bob Barr has a few more things to say about how he changed his mind on the war on drugs, or we can talk about swingers clubs. Well, war on drugs is great. Swingers clubs, I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> What's going on with swingers clubs? You get my two thirsts here. All right. Well, we already heard what Bob Barr had to say, so he's moving in the right direction. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on him. In the meantime, <laughs> we go to uh, local6.com out of Florida, Melbourne, where, and I believe this is actually an update on a story I think we talked about before. City code enforcement officials have ordered a controversial underground swingers club to stop hosting sexually themed parties by the end of Thursday, that's tonight, or face fines of up to $250 per day. Hmm. According to the story, Melbourne officials and an irritated landlord want to close the Hunt Club, which is based inside a house in the rustic Oak Grove subdivision nestled among acre lot estates, horse stables, and backyard fish ponds along the... wherever... Club operators Richard Spaulding and Kersey Page face $250 daily code enforcement fines if they host swingers parties after today. Recent examples of their events have been Naughty Girls, Ice Cream, and High Heels Social, a pajama party, and a paper mask masquerade, according to various websites. In a Tuesday email to Code Enforcement Administrator Dan Porcy, Page contended that her club is a private group, not a business. Local 6... Yeah, I haven't heard anything about money. There's money involved. We'll get to that. Local 6 News partner Florida Today reported she said, or she stated, that Melbourne officials were making up ridiculous fines and singling out a few people to persecute. After all, who's going to stand up for the swingers? Mm -hmm. Right? As we have been talking of this theme of uh, the government likes to go after people that have divergent belief systems from the norm, and because very few people are willing to stand up for these people's uh, way of life, that they'll go down in flames and they won't be able to enjoy themselves in the way that they should be able to enjoy themselves right. as consenting adults should be able to do. And it's not an issue. It says here the, the, the lots are fairly large, so it can't be an Ac- issue of acre. noise. It can't be an issue of, uh, of you know, actually bothering the neighbors beyond just, they don't like all that activity just, over there. There's all those cars in the driveway. Right. right. We can't have that. Well, according to uh, the story... The uh, One of the ladies, this is uh, Ms. Page, who is the proprietor. She also wrote, Twisting existing laws or making up new ones to punish people for their sex lives is not only arrogant and misguided, but also corrupt in the sense that you're using your political position to impose your favored sexual practices on someone else. Penny Hansen, who owns Beth Lane, uh, the Beth Lane home, is evicting Spalding and Page. Ooh, they were renting? Bad choice. Well, you know, some people rent, some people own. Anyway, uh, they are being evicted, say, the City Hall records. A lease termination notice was delivered effective June 30th. Otherwise, beginning July 1st, club operators must start paying double the rent. 
course, he gave the club until Thursday to cease swingers' activities. Otherwise, the Melbourne Code Enforcement Board could consider the matter during its upcoming meeting and begin levying those daily fines of $250 a day. You know, the, the, the fines, the code, all that stuff. Look, if they're renting... The guy who's renting it doesn't want him doing it anymore. Then you know it's his call. Uh, I don't know what their contract is. When the, when does the rental contract expire? We don't know the details on that. But the guy who owns the property is the one who makes the call. They shouldn't have code enforcement or any of that other nonsense. That's a little Leviathan stupidity, and uh, it should be voluntary. You know, absolutely. You know, I I, I don't particularly think these people's uh, lifestyle is something that I'd be interested in, but, well, whatever. Hey, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they could bring suit under the Americans with Disabilities Act and say that they have proclivities that pull them in this direction. The federal government has passed a law, patently unconstitutional, yeah. and an infringement on private property, and then the guy who owns the property won't be able to get rid of them. <laughs> That'll be perfect. I don't, That'd I don't be know great. if I would advocate that, but it's an interesting approach. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, here's a little more detail on their organization. The Hunt Club, as it's called, asked previously... Asked party attendees for $40 donations, and the club sought 6000 or excuse me, $60,000 from investors to build an eight-bedroom complex. But in her email to Porcy, Page stated her organization violates no local laws. She says, we have our friends over for parties. Yes, people at our parties consume alcohol. It's not against the law to have friends over to your house people, for fun. People do that at parties, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And lots of people hold their parties at their house. Yeah. They don't have to get a special permit to do that. The Hunt Club featured a stripper pole and a stage, swinging sex chair, and a bedroom that was converted into an observation room, ah. according to the police chief. So they're really I could have just, done without that, you know. You know, they're really just cracking down on people here who have a different lifestyle. Absolutely. Now, I could understand if they were out in the front yard having sex and their the neighbors didn't appreciate that too much, but this is all going on behind closed You'd doors. You'd support them if they were out in the front yard too. <laughs> well, if it was their private property <laughs> and uh, and they were living in a neighborhood where there were no deed restrictions preventing that That's sort of very thing. Very good. I like that. Though I would also suggest that the neighbors that didn't like that could also ostracize them if they, uh, if they didn't like Can that. Can they spray them with a That's hose? That's the way to do it with freedom. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Would a hose be appropriate? I would say only if they actually crossed the property line and that's started right. having sex right. on the, the, uh, the adjoining yeah. property. That's right. Because you can always put up a fence, you know. Yeah, well, and, and I agree with you. It's a voluntary thing. You can ostracize and uh, work this, it out. This case sure would be more interesting if the house were privately owned, if it right. was not a rental location, if these folks actually owned this piece of property. And then they could say, well, whatever, go ahead and throw your fines and on it, us. We're not going to pay. And if it were privately owned, you'd have a situation much like uh, railroad guys and farmers. And it, it, in uh, economics classes, sometimes they talk about property rights resolution conflict and, and conflict re- resolution, where they have trains going by uh, fields. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the trains throw off sparks. They start up sparks in the farmers' fields. The farmers' fields catch fire. They lose a lot in their in their in their crops. These guys work it out. You know, they say, look, if you want to pass through this area, the railroad guys say, yeah, but we own this property. And the farmer says, yeah, but I own this property. Well, eventually they work this out. Is it to your incentive to be able to pass through this property? Let's not go to court about this. Let's work something out. And generally, spontaneously, people work these things out, or they turn to third parties, privately arbiters that they find consistent and reliable, and lo and behold, most of the problems are worked out. And this also, this issue also goes back to uh, whether or not you should be able to run a business in your own home. That's, yeah. I mean, they're saying it's not a business, and they're also saying they're only asking for donations. So theoretically, you could go and uh, participate without paying. 
But they should be able to charge for entrance, and one should be able to operate a business out of one's home, providing that you do have the landlord's permission in this case, Absolutely. and providing that that's not prohibited by the deed restrictions. As far as the government's rules are concerned, how dare they, and who do they think they are to say that you can't run a business in your own home? I never went to the Keene, City of Keene bureaucracy and said, Hey, guys, I plan on running a radio show out of my house. Can you give me the appropriate forms I need to fill out? Would it be all right, please? I just wanted to know if it would be all right for, you know, with your zoning and everything. I know it's important to ask permission. Yeah, right. I'd like a permit, please. Yeah. No, you know, thanks. They were just on the, on the Keen Radio talking about uh, getting permits for uh, things that are going on in your house. It's crazy. We are done for tonight. Back with more from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2008 with tomorrow night's show. We'll see you then. Oh to the Seiko CAI Bun Tent. Yeah.